Well, hello there. Before we start the show, I want to have a couple quick housekeeping items out of the way here. A couple announcements for you. Travis Ball has a new Spotify playlist that you can check out. It's titled Works of Travis Ball Mixing. If you go up to your search bar in Spotify and you type in Travis Ball, you should be able to find him. Then go to his public playlist, scroll over until you get Works of Travis Ball Mixing. Just a couple of examples of some of the stuff that he's done. Some of the things have come out as of late to get an idea of what he does and what he can do for you. Uh, speaking of Travis Ball, a new single come out, come out, came out from a band named Lowborn. Uh, the single is called Be Like Me. Really cool song, really cool band. The video turned out really well too. Um, that is up on the Stateside Instagram account at StatesideMGMT. Under IGTV, I posted the entire video up there for your viewing pleasure. Also, Ryan Lewis mixed an artist named Jude Icarus. Jude Icarus has a new single called Riot. And I also posted the entire video up on IGTV on the Stateside account. Go check it out. Mixed by Ryan Lewis. Turned out really great. Really, really fun song. And also, Ryan Lewis has a new release from an artist named Logan Lynn. Logan has actually been on the Stateside podcast. He's a dear friend of ours. And Ryan worked with Logan a while ago, um, sort of reimagining, remixing one of Logan's songs uh, titled Underground. And it was a really cool project because Underground was uh, like just a piano vocal song originally, really stripped down. And then Logan had a side B, the second uh, sort of disc, as it were, for the record. And uh, had a bunch of artists re-remixed the songs and like tons of artists were a part of that project and ryan was uh really privileged to be a part of that as well and so anyway that turned out really well that song is called underground the video to underground is also linked on the stateside account under igtv Welcome back to the Stateside Podcast. My name is James McMillan. I am your host. And today we have a very tasty special guest. We have two members of the band Convey. We have Luke and Ben. Say hi, guys. Hi, you guys. Hey. <laughs> Where are you talking to us from? Uh, Los Angeles. Right. Center of Hollywood. Uh, right in Hollywood. Center, Center of the world. Middle of nowhere. 80 degrees right now. Hot and sunny. Yep. Every day. Whatever it wants to be. We love our reptile existence down Every here. Every single goddamn day. <laughs> Whatever the temperature of the cracks might is. Now, are you guys originally from Los Angeles? No, 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 no. We're actually both from around Boston. Uh, we met out here, though. So. Yeah, like most people from L.A. Yep, pretty much. actually from there. No, a lot of Uber drivers from here, though, come to find. Yeah. <laughs> how long have you, now, how long have you been in Los Angeles? Uh, I've been for three years now in September. I've been going on f- six years almost, five and s- about ten months. Oh, I thought, I thought you guys, you did you start the band in L.A. though? We, uh, no, we actually moved out here from Boston. Uh, okay, so you did. And we actually, the th- three of us met in, in uh, Berkeley. Um, we went to Berkeley College of Music as well, just at a different time as us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he uh, joined as our new bass. We actually used to have a different bass player, um, and Luke joined as our kind of newest installment and played on this entire record. Um, so, um, but yeah, the the three of us, um, myself, 
Corey, our drummer, and uh, Jahan, our guitarist. Uh, all actually, I met our, our guitarist in high school. I've known him for like the longest, and then met our drummer at, uh, in music school. Um, and then Luke out here. Nice. That's that's rad. So, are you guys just recently signed to Revival, or uh, we're new, we're super new. Uh, just just got signed past few just a couple months ago. Yep. Fantastic. So is I noticed that um, uh, what is his name Jim Kaufman mm-hmm. that yes, he sir. is he's your producer. That guy is a beast, man. He's done a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. I would go after him as a client, but he's already had he already has management and he's spoken for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a very very talented man. He's definitely looking to be that next Rick Rubin type of. Type I mean, of he, he he could be. It, there's there's yeah. no reason that he couldn't be. I think proximity and the choices that he makes. I you know I don't know what his going rate is these days, but um, it should be higher than it is. And he's got a great setup. So. Yeah, dude, you guys are a fucking rad band. I, I'll admit that I didn't know Thanks, that man. much about you. Haley from Revival reached out, asked if you could be on the show, and uh, just sort of worked out log- logistically uh, that I had a spot. But you know, to be fair, I don't just take on any band. I I want to make sure that I believe in what you guys are doing and that I I actually like the music, and so. I was like, yeah, let me go check him out. So I watched a couple of videos. And I'm like, oh, these are all like my favorite bands. I love, <laughs> you know, I love just rock and roll at Queens of the Stone Age. I love Tool. I love Circus Vive. I mean, there's obviously the Circa kind of vibe with you guys. But I mean, there's like Jimmy World vibe. There's like Sunny, Sunny Day Real Estate. I mean, there's a ton of like Bad. old school when emo used to be good. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like early Jimmy World early right. Weezer, early like uh texas is the reason all these bands that we grew up listening to yeah yeah for sure we definitely we, we've always been listening to those types of bands i think it's always sort of just been in our taste and we haven't stopped so yeah kind of making the music that we like but yeah thank you so much man i really appreciate that I'm, yeah i'm a huge fan i mean you know i i watched the i think you only have one video that i saw but i thought it was really good and that single that you have out is really great remind me of the name of that song Terror? Uh, terror, terror is the yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Really cool song. Super yeah. cool song. Thanks. Um, are you guys getting traction for what you're doing? Is there anything that you're trying to do to get more traction? And yeah, um, yeah. So we we've actually been super fortunate. We've been on um, just got on K Rock uh, Locals Only, um, which is our uh, FM radio station here in LA that sort of has been big for breaking bands like A Wall Nation and stuff like that. I've heard of them. Um, and, uh, yeah, they've which has been awesome, and they've been really good to us. We uh, got on there last week for the first time, and then this week again for the second time. This week making it onto the top five. Um, nice. which is kind of crazy for us just cause we like just released the song and was on there for the first time. Have some, like some of our friends are also, um, on the stage at the same time or just like insane bands. So to be like kind of up there with like, you know, on the he- same heading with like young, the giant and stuff like that was, oh, yeah. kind of um, and it's just the first single, like we have a bunch more to release. We have so much more to that's still to come. We were not expecting at all any, like this kind of, you know, like, and we've just and we've been really lucky with like write-ups and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So it's been cool so far. There's definitely been traction. I'm really excited about um, some of the the videos that we're planning, um, some of the singles that we're planning. I think people are going to react to it really well. Uh, yeah, and I think you 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 fall into this category of genre of a band where, like it, it's really up to you how you want to do it. I think it's advantageous to be 
a stripped down jeans and t-shirt Foo Fighters look kind of band, or you can be completely visually heavy, like Nine Inch Nails and Tool, and have that part of like the packaging for the band. And I think uh, because of the way that your music comes across, it's really up to you. And yeah. I mean, if I manage you, I would in, I would insist that you went heavy on the visuals, for sure. I think yeah. you guys have an aesthetic that is uh, flattering to that kind of visual aesthetic. But but then again, it's like it's not. There's nothing missing in the music. There's no quality of um, emotive thing that you guys are doing that you know that like requires something else to hold the music. That's, that's sure. a good. That's a good place to be as a young band, for sure. Yeah, yeah. We're just trying to build on that. That's uh, we're pretty excited about our new live show. We do have visuals for our, our full live set now that we're all pretty happy with. And great. He's actually been pretty. Luke, our sitting right next to me, he's not going to tell you because uh, I'm going to. This is not going to tell out about himself, but he's he's an insane animator and has actually been responsible for all of our live visual visuals oh wow that whole aspect of kind of our live show which has been been a really big thing because we're um although i mean the performance is really really important to us um visuals are as well we're all visual people and i think all of us consider ourselves musicians before we do performers so it's really important to us to still deliver some quality of like visual appeal and excellence you know something to people to walk away with a memory you know yeah absolutely Um, so I think that that, yeah, it's visuals are super important to us as well. Um, we're they're just important to everyone. I mean, they're important to everyone well. today, for sure. I mean, we're, we don't have the prettiest faces, so we just have to like, you know. Yeah, we well, got to rely on something. I don't, yeah, want, do I don't some, want them looking at my face yeah, when I'm playing. So. Yeah. Oh, no, look at Tool. You don't even see what the hell the band looked like for the right. first 10 yeah, minutes. Yeah, they, they understand. There's, there's, there's some funny looking people too. <laughs> they understand. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. why we're all in bands. I mean, I, I grew up touring and being in bands too. I mean, I'm a pudgy Irish looking twerp. Yeah, I married way uh, above my, you know, my wife. I don't know why she's with me. My goddamn little leprechaun. For some (laughs) reason, she married me. It's the trick. Um, yeah, I was gonna say there's a really good YouTube account that I've been checking out lately called I think it's Music MBA, like you know, like a degree, a, a bachelor's degree, and he basically just goes and dissects how a band gets successful. And mm-hmm. what, what they did. So like the last one, and it doesn't matter who it is. It'll be anything from bands that you like to bands that you don't like. But it, it the point is what the band did to get there. So like the mm-hmm. last one he did, he he dissected uh, Slipknot of all bands. Okay. And like how they, they work so hard on the visuals. And I mean, obviously the fucking yeah. nine dudes with these... Nicknames yeah. and they got numbers on their jumpsuits and the fucking mask and all that can be super corny if it's not done right. right, right. They did it with complete sincerity. Whether you like it or not, that that's not yeah. the point. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of people do like it, so it worked. Yeah. And but they backed it with real music. Again, uh, if you like the music, yeah. cool. If you don't, whatever. But it's real. It's an actual yeah. like. There's a message. There's a vibe that someone out there, a 15 year old kid in Iowa, is definitely going to believe in. Right. And it was it was fucking fascinating. It was like 15 minutes of like this guy just di- breaking apart this band that I never really even gave that much thought to. I'm not the biggest Slipknot fan, so it yeah. wasn't really for me. But like it was just it was really eye opening. Like oh my god, they deserve everything they fucking have. These guys uh, yeah. busted. They, dude, they they spent forty thousand dollars on their first record before they were signed. 
Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's wow. that's dedicated. No one does that anymore. And they still right. got wait. Uh, it's Ross Robinson that did their first major label debut, right? Yeah, I, th- I believe so. I think yeah, I think so, right? Yeah, yeah. They they got straight to Roadrunner for their debut LP. Yeah, and the guy that signed them from Roadrunner, his name is escaping me. He's like a legendary A and R guy. Just a big right, juggernaut, right. and he signed every fucking metal band from those from that. Yeah, era. right. But uh, I don't know what's going with that. Oh yeah. Anyway, just the packaging, and you know that yeah. you guys have so many options, especially as such a young band. You know, it's that's yeah. an exciting time to be, man. It's exciting. Uh, it's it's you know it's it's a different beast than it was even 20 years ago when Slipknot was first coming out because there's there was still MTV, which was a direct pipeline for a lot of visually minded bands. Yep. Um. There was a, uh, was it? I think it was Yaren Lanier, um, uh, writer, technologist dude, yeah. who uh, postulating about how difficult for any band, and it's still a fun mental game to play, is like, what band has broken in the last 20 years since the internet and smartphone culture kind of enveloped everything? Mm. what band can exist on its own and most of the bands that are most of the rock bands in the conventional sense that we might think a lot of them broke you know late 1990s and then after that in the post myspace world it's, it's very difficult to find traction um yeah. you i have know to, you can't just be a pretty face and or have a good video like you you no. you could have one hook originally yeah. and it got you on radio or got you on mtv and whatever that was but now we're in this much more kind of open environment where you need to have YouTube hits and Instagram followers and yeah. Facebook likes. And, and, it, and it's, it's become so much more of a hustle in something that doesn't necessarily involve the music, which I know. It's about how dedicated your followers are. So it's like, how do you, how do you create a cult? That's, <laughs> you do, I was just going to say that. That was one of the things yeah. this guy talked about because they refer to their fans as maggots. In the right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But or it's a, Gaga's little monsters. Yeah, or, exactly. But you know, feel it's like a they're a tribe, though. You know, yeah, yeah. They, they will follow them to the ends of the earth. Yeah, and and so that that's what's cool. I mean, they I mean, he was talking about like their record sales. They've been like, you know, they've billboarded at number two, which is crazy for a nine-piece metal band who wear masks. The fact that they've sold. I don't know if that's ever going to happen again. Never again will that ever happen. Yeah, I think the exactly. last big metal-selling record was the Death Clock record yeah. from. I you know, know, it's just you need a cartoon. To have. I'm looking at baby metal. Baby <laughs> metal, yeah. Are they Japanese or Korean or something like that? I think that I they'll know. be the, the next the next metal band to make they're it to designed, the pop charts. They're designed by an algorithm. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, but you know, and the guy he was talking about how he's like, sure, there's been tons of like SoundCloud rappers and one-hit wonders today that have technically sold more units and have had higher numbers but they're they're one hit wonders who gives a fuck about those right, right. rappers no one no one's gonna care in a year and but, yeah but the public gonna have been, been around for 15 years like right like, they're a legacy act at this point that's yeah. right well so. i never thought i'd talk about slipknot so much <laughs> on one episode in the first 10 minutes this is great this is <laughs> good start james good job yeah wait and bleed was a jam i like Man, I, I, I know i have the really pleasure not songs i do I, I definitely had a Slipknot, you know, working man, college shirt. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, they they, they came out swinging, dude. And I, I respect any man that does that. You yep. know, like, we're here. We're, you're either going to like us or you're not. All They're my favorite here. metal bands are that kind of, like, eccentric, you know, like Dillinger's yep. Escape Plan and a band called Botch from Seattle. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So the guy from Minus the Bear. I guess being yep. Botch. Yeah. Yep. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, huge yeah. fans of that kind of stuff. Or even like old Mike Patton, Southern Faith No More. And... Yeah, yeah, Mr. Bungle. Yeah, oh, yeah. For sure. How old are you guys? You have like the same taste in music I do. I'm 34. There it is. I'm I am 29. Yeah. Okay. So we're all in that like 90s, late 90s was the best time yeah. of all time. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. I, I kind of miss getting the, that now, though. I, I kind of miss the whole emo wave, though. Me that's, too. that's, I, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't all the whole like Circus Survive point of reference that these guys were harping on. Like, I told, I didn't even hear about that band until I joined this band. Really? Yeah. We, yeah. yeah. I was a ska kid. I was no. like Scott. <laughs> Dude, and I Scott's like, like a was... guilty pleasure of mine. I all of my I friends would put my ass mental. Yeah. Horns and rock bands. Bro. See, we really liked to like like um, the Jahan and I in high school listened to a lot of like the emo bands that decided to be artsy. You know, right, like right. receiving in the siren, mm-hmm. receiving in the sirens, uh, um, and sort of that whole that whole wave of things. Circus Survive. Then like you know, Seosin got a new singer and it was terrible. Yeah. And every, you know, we it was just like. Um, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't just shit on other bands. Or whatever. Terrible. No listens to the show anyway. It's fine. It's just it's here. fine. It's well, then why fine. are we here? That's right. <laughs> That's I, 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 I was just trying not to scare you guys. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of people listening now. <laughs> no, that is. But um, yeah. So I, we all we all listen. I think we just listen to sort of the outskirts, like the rejects of of emo. Um, actually, Jahan listens to a lot of Taking Back Sunday. Yeah, He's, yeah. he has like some actual Taking Back Sunday influences. You know what I don't like about those band names of that time? What they're fucking horseshit names. Like they don't mean anything. You know, like the MySpace era. Like yeah. tomorrow is forever. We are the yeah. tomorrow. Like what? What are you? What are you saying? They're, they're, they're closer to like political platitudes than. Yeah. You know. I think it was like after a breakup. It's like you know, Sunday was hers. So yes, I'm exactly. Sunday, yes. Sunday was Sunday used to belong to Regina, but now Regina's no more. So I'm going to take it back. Statistically, taking Thursday back. is the rainiest day of the week. Thursday. Okay. So we're Thursday now. Yeah, we're Thursday. Uh, it's so disgusting. But we all loved it. So what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, I missed the boat. I, I don't know. I don't know yes. if I, I, I need. I need to do some. And my Chemical Romance had some gems. I say. Like I, I did, I, man. They Helena, were, they, who doesn't like Helena? Helena was a great tune. They, they, they definitely. Every time they came in on the radio, just everyone's inner sadness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good job, but, Luke, on the mic. Yeah, 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 right. He's on it. Yeah. These are pros, man. I can't tell how many times I'm oh, having yeah. to go closer to people. Man, yeah, what do you got? SM7 right there. Is yeah. that what that? Seven B. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's, yep. it's trustworthy, nice man. They're they're nice and cheap, and you can oh, drive them. around and. Michael Jackson, Mike. Good yeah, dude. I mean, Joe Rogan podcast on one of these, and he's the biggest yeah. podcast in the world. That's what Luke called. He's like, he's like, you're yep. on the Joe Rogan. So, I'm on the Rush, Rush Limbaugh. Limbaugh. The Joe Rogan. We got a. Toronto's going to be so the the MD421. That's the George Harrison. So you know, perfect. Oh, George wow. Harrison. He's my favorite Beatle by far. Yeah. Who would you want to be the most? Yeah. So okay, here's a defining question. Even though I think this is a bullshit question, I'm going to ask it anyway. How's that for a setup? Now, do you prefer if you had a gun to your head? Are you a Rolling Stones person or a Rolling Stones? Person? Oh wow! Rolling Stones or Beatles? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh fuck! Really? I can bullet point. It's really I depends on the day, dude. I will yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Luke is like okay, on it. See, this is why I think I like Luke. We're, okay, we're I'll say age. I'll say Stones because more Stones, more of the Stones catalog I like than the Beatles catalog. More the a larger percentage of the stones. Kind of okay, like before like. we hear Luke's whiteboard breakdown here, because I want to hear it. Here's what I'll say about this topic. 
I don't necessarily, I wouldn't say that Be- the Beatles are my favorite band, but I think they're the best band. Okay. Now, that, that, there is a difference there. There's a huge difference. I think they were the best at being a band. Okay. But we need to get into the semantics of this. Okay. Yes, but the Stones are clearly the cooler band. Their yep. music's cooler. They're Wait, the, there's true. like a white hat versus the black hat. Like they, they, mm-hmm. they put on the dark hat. They shot up heroin. They were way cooler. Right. Much cooler. Okay, but when you say the Beatles were the best at being a band. I think that the Beatles, I mean, for one, no, there wasn't a lot of bands doing it prior to them. So they kind of invented right. this thing that we know is like the touring. They broke the mold. Yeah. yeah. So for that alone, we got to tip our hat to them. Right, right. And I think that they were so, all original members. Uh, no one counts that first drummer before Ringo. That doesn't really count. Right, right. But like that, that they were a gang. They were loyal to each other and that they didn't do anything without each other. Even though, like George, poor George Harrison, right? He wrote all these great songs. But right. I, I remember hearing him in an interview, interview say like, yeah, I wrote really good songs, but I was in a band with John Lennon and Paul McCartney. <laughs> like, right, right, you know, right. at the end of the day, who cares? They were the best songwriters of all time. Um, Fucking Ringo got a few past the goal. Yeah, there. dude, more song, more hit songs than I've all, I'll ever write. Yeah. But with that said, like they still, they still cherished each other as as human beings, and I think that that like, I don't know, I don't know what I'm saying. I just feel like they they respected the band, even though Ringo Starr wasn't like the best drummer of all time. Chop wise, right. I still think he's one of the best drummer. I'm a drummer, and I, right. I love that he wrote hooks. You know, like Dave yeah. Grohl is probably my favorite drummer of all time, but mm-hmm. he's like the modern Ringo. He just hit harder and cooler, yeah, and with yeah. more conviction. But like he he took that hook thing that that Ringo started. I, I don't know. I think they were just the best at like writing pop songs for the world to hear and to to fall in love with, and they kept evolving as a band too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that like I, I think it's hard to argue that the Beatles went in more areas musically. Like they like I think that you know this in, from an experimental standpoint they experimented more. Mm-hmm. It definitely is like it comes down to are are you analyzing like the skill and like craftsmanship of the band or like see I don't um, care about that as much. Yeah, or or, 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 or even just how. Or even just how iconic or, you know, or new the music was at the time or how yeah. important it was for the evolution of music. Like, I think the you can't argue with that about the Beatles, but there's, you know, I would rather listen to the Stones for a longer period of time, just from a complete mood, you know, standpoint. Yeah. I can listen yeah. more yeah. of They were able to produce that. music for a longer period of time as well. Which, true. If you want to talk about being well, good at being a band, I mean. True. They, true, cool. man. Their personality is Technically, you're right. They are better yeah. at being a band by timeline alone. And yep. you can, and, and to me, you can hear oh, the some Beatles music. You know, you can hear, you can hear like the the disagreement in some of their songs. Um, oh yeah, the passive aggressive. Yeah, I mean, John Lennon <laughs> called like "When I'm 64" like a Paul McCartney grandma song. You know, like it's That's crazy. He, he yeah. hated like a lot of Paul McCartney's music because it sounded really like old and just kind Bubble of boring and, yeah yeah Real and you think sense. about what a lennon song is it's like super psychedelic really out there you know yeah um so, and honest. so yeah some of that fight is i think what i like the most about a beatles you know beatles record and some of that fight i think it just makes it kind of weird sometimes but that's why it's fun to follow 
All right, Honestly. Luke, let's hear your let's hear your whiteboard of the stones. Uh, all right. Well, I'll I'll address what's been said about the Beatles so far. Okay. In this Fair enough. We'll go on from there. Uh, the Beatles were definitely the biggest uh, seismic event in in pop rock music. Uh, yes. They're yeah. coming along, and I just think they just overturned the whole apple cart. Yes. Fucking door and the world followed them right um so they definitely have that in spades uh the fact that they were banned for what seven years maybe uh, eight to nine if you want to count that's the, the other crazy thing about them it wasn't that long yeah. the, the the breadth of music they were able to produce in the time they were together is right. astronomical yes um i think what what speaks to me most about the beatles is uh their how much they revolutionized production and with you know George Martin in the studio and just that moment when um, you know after they did that tour through the states and they're like we don't want to play live anymore because yes. girls screaming too loud and that's no one's the other thing I don't want to interrupt you but that's another huge point that people don't like to talk about they basically it, didn't tour they didn't they tour for like a year and a half or two years yep. if you're talking about being in a band now and you want to lionize that's a tour to be insane. one of the biggest bands of all time and to sit at home and collect checks. That's fucking well, crazy. no, they, they sat in the studio oh, yeah. and made yeah. recordings. Which, but they weren't in a van with a bunch of sweaty right. bros the way right. we have. Right. Right. We think of as working. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so I, I, to me, I, I love their rec- uh, them from a recording standpoint. Um, but then when you look at a record like the White Album, where they're like, okay, everyone's going to write their own songs and we're just we'll give free reign over whatever songs they want to write. And we'll just put them on the record together. That is the least cohesive record I've ever fucking heard. Agreed. Agreed. And there's some great songs on there. And then there's, you know, just a bunch of, it's a bunch of songs, a yeah. bunch of songs. You can hear them not getting along. Yeah. You, you, you can hear them like not, that's not right. in a way that that's wasn't right. really productive to, I mean, that's, you know, there's some great songs on that record. Don't get me wrong, but you know, I, I am, I'm such a believer in the album as an entity of art and a, a, an artistic statement of a band at the time of making it. And that is not a very cohesive record. Right. Um, and that was one where each individual member of the band got to throw their, in, uh, you know, uninhibited two cents and yeah. um, make the record. Right. That said, I mean, you know, it's, fuck, take your pick. Abbey Road, Revolver, uh, Sgt. Peppers, they're fucking phenomenal records. Pretty dope. But if you're laying them up against the stones to bring them into why I actually have to put the stones above them is uh, what the stones did musically um, and cohesively as a unit um, was take uh, elements of, you know, doo-wop and blues that came before it and just really kind of stew it into something that was really fresh. And you had someone uh, like Charlie Watts, who's like very much comes from a jazz background and no one felt no one playing in the stones feels inhibited by playing in the stones the way that you could tell Ringo's Ringo's got chops and he can do some shit, but they kept him on a leash and they kept Harrison on a leash. Right. So that Lennon right. McCarthy do their thing and they're brilliant. And you know, the world's a better place for God damn it. I've brain. been saying the same fucking spiel about the Beatles for fucking ever. And I'm, I'm Starting to change my goddamn mind now. Uh, I have that effect on people, but I'm, because I, you're I, right, I, Charlie Watts does play with freedom, and yeah. I feel like he doesn't have that weight on his shoulders that Ringo yeah. had. And I think you might be right at the maybe being a better band, like Bill, Bill Lyman's bass lines. Like, oof, dude, 
It's more organic sounding. Can't you hear me knocking, like, bitch? Like, those songs... Damn it. They're all just plucking away the they play, me. and it works perfectly well together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean... Yeah, I mean, it, and I think that, like, if, if you really think about what you're saying, at the end of the day, being in a band like that would be great, right? Would we I'd all much agree rather, on I'd that? much rather be in the Rolling Stones and the Beatles. Yes, and you'd rather be in a band where uh, you feel free to be yourself yeah. and express yourself and not have some looming power structure of some guy being like, I'm the fucking genius in the yeah, right. and That's <laughs> exhausting after a while. Beatles got stressful for sure. I think it was stressful to be a Beatle at the end. Um, it was for clearly it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It didn't last long. Well, so, I think we. Yeah. I think we covered. That's we my covered. Stones Beatles take. Uh, well, so what? What? What do you guys? Are you hoping for? You know, as far as this thing can go, or are you guys trying to tour and? Play. We're in this for the long haul. We're playing the long game. I yeah, mean, how yeah. we, we recorded the new record, which hopefully, fingers crossed, is coming out early next year. That's almost a year and a half old at this point. Right. Yeah. You got probably half the new record, half another record written, ready to go. I'm hoping we can take some time and start doing some demo recording on some new tunes. And um, yeah, it's uh, we're, we're playing the long game. Yeah, that's, I think one thing that's kind of weird about us is that we're just like always writing music. We're not, we don't kind of do that. Like, Oh, it's time to write a new record. We just like, just keep writing. I think it's the way to be. I think that's, that's actually a mistake. A lot of bands make is they go in these, like, well, now we're in this time. Now we're in the tour mode. Thou shalt not write. And mm-hmm. all we do is just regurgitate the thing we did seven years ago. It's like, that's, why? that's disingenuous. If you're, if, you're, too. If, you're, if you're a real musician, you're always creating. You're so. always creating. I mean, that's the best part for me. I mean, the I, I love playing huge shows, like in yep. front of a ton of people. I, I actually don't even like playing in front of like, I'm not one of those people. I just want to play, dude. Like, no, what's cool about it for me is to play really well and to play in front of as many fucking people as possible. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. I, I like I don't really like bar shows. They're fun every once in a while. But I just I don't give a fuck. I don't want to pack up the van and drive to Montana to play in front of nobody. You know, I want <laughs> yeah. to get on a good tour. I want to make a little bit of money. I want to play in front of as many people as possible. Um, but other than that, I love writing music. Like that's that's the thing that's so fun. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of what we're what we're definitely in it from. I think that the the performance aspect for us has been. You know, we love, we absolutely love playing live and we love performing, but it's all kind of just a means to get the song across. Right. For us, it's you know. Like and, you said earlier, it's the job part. It's yeah, like, it's the job. Yeah. Exactly. It's the, it's time to clock in and actually earn your keep. Yeah. yeah. And it's a trickier part, especially in the music industry now for what it is. Oh, man. So how do you guys I, feel about the current state of, are, are you, are you hopeful about the industry or do you feel a dark cloud is among us and everything is... I mean, the clouds rolled in, but over a decade ago. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. This is, this is a very expensive hobby, and it has been for a very long time. So. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, it, if I think if uh, you know, if we'd wanted to get off the pot, we probably would have by now. Because so we've just been sort of shitting this whole time. Yeah. So right, exactly. This so I, I, yeah. At this point, I don't. I don't really see us. I think we've just put so much into it. I don't, I don't see us, any of us like doing anything else with our lives. Right. Yeah, and that's um, when you know, you've found the right guys too. Is, lifers. 
willing we're willing to go all in because you know I, I've you know I went we all went to music school and there's so many friends that the older we get every year they get married or they have a kid and yeah. it's tougher and I and I get it because there's not a lot of money in this industry but no. student a, loans are no joke so I never quite understand that um, but I, I was equated to you guys ever seen that movie uh, Way of the Gun yes the, for Macquarie movie uh, yeah uh, two hoodlums a uh, kidnap yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and ryan yeah 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 conversation james, uh, james Kahn has about he's like a bag man and he's you know over the hill and he has this conversation with these young bloods about like if you see an old guy like me in this rough industry i'm here because i'm a survivor and that's right. you like being an aging musician like if you're still doing music you're a survivor and yeah. yes you've seen some you're, shit you're carved out of wood at this point. You're completely callous. Still there. Yeah. Still yeah, doing. Man. We're survivors, and uh, that in and of itself is is bodes well for us, I believe. I think so too. I really do, man. And I, you know, I don't know what kind of touring you guys have done, but I've done a lot of like back in the like the myspace days we did like a myspace records contest you know who's gonna get signed from myspace records what in the actual fuck but we took it really seriously and we tried real hard and like you know we're playing with these swoopy hair emo kids with lip rings who clearly don't give a fuck about actual music they're just you know you know what i'm saying you remember those days and like you know doing warp tour runs with just terrible no name bands at like 11 in the morning in a mm-hmm. polo field, in Pomona, California, you know, it's just like, what are we doing? Yeah, but, yeah. uh, but I don't you know. I, and I think that's good to be like the seasoned veteran guy. Yeah. It's good. Cause it makes you, you know, you know, the band every time I die. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They've become those guys now. That's yeah. like who they are now. They're like the, the older dudes have been around the fucking block and they shove little bands out of their way. Like, yeah. you yeah. know, Dillinger was the same way too. Like, yep. hey, man, dude, we've been here for 10 years before you. Like, move right, aside, right. kid. And yeah. I, I think to have that that swagger and that, you know, have your head up a little bit is something I can kind of sense from a band like you. And I think that's – it's also, honestly, like, if I were signing bands or if I wanted to manage a band, that's what I'm going to look for. I'm going to look yeah. for the survivor. I'm going to look for right. the people that are like, look, we don't need you. That's cool if you want to work with us. That's great. We'll, we'll take you on and everything. But we clearly yeah. don't need you. We didn't need you before. We won't need you after. There's no quick buck in the music industry now. That's the thing. No, and right. that's what no one realizes is, yeah. you know. No. Yeah. You can get a million YouTubes on million hits on YouTube, and I don't know what that buys you a takeout dinner. Yeah, right. I, I know. I mean, it, there's a lucky few rappers or something, and maybe you get on a movie soundtrack or something. Hey, I, I saw an interview with a dude who wrote "Love Yourself" with Justin Bieber, and he made a total of five grand off yeah. royalties of that, dude. Well, things are getting a, a little bit better. Yeah, the cloud yeah, I know is that last. I know that that last initiative. Yes, was, that's huge, man. It's huge. That, that, that legislation yeah, really that matters, matters, guys. Yeah, because bands like yourself, who now are on Spotify, you know, I saw it. You're there. You yep. now, you can actually start making money off the plays from Spotify, whereas before you guys had no shot, like zero, right. zero chance of making any money off all that hard work. But God knows Spotify is not too invested in us making more money off their platform either. So, yeah, <laughs> no, Spotify. Uh, you know, the markets are not going to be our, our, our platforms for releasing music are still not necessarily going to be on our side, which is frustrating. Yeah, for but for a we'll long see. time. We'll see. We'll see. 
it's it's a step in the right direction which you know the way things are going now yeah and it's not all bad i mean it's like with the the way it is now there the barrier to entry is not as hard so that's good you know knows direct upload for you know for artists on spotify they can upload directly which is pretty cool what we're doing right now didn't exist when we were growing up you had to be on the radio you know and to get an interview in any media was really hard I didn't have to ask anybody to start a podcast. I just fucking did it. Right. Right. And like you guys, the same for you. You don't have to ask anybody. You just do it yourself. Yeah. Whereas back in the day, I had to wait for some guy to sign you and like, what the fuck? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. That's good news that we have the control now. But with that said, all that control means that you have to do it all. Yep. And you have to make it happen for yourself. and And the, you know, the pond is that much bigger. Oh my God. And just, you know, uh, public uh, uh, attention span is yep. declining as well. So, uh, you know, uh, releasing an album now, like, you're kind of almost better off just releasing singles. I know. Even songs matter. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's tough because, like I said earlier, I, I'm a firm, I, I, you know, to me, the LP is such a perfect artistic statement. Yeah. Between the work and just the, cycles of songs and how it kind of feeds a bigger, bigger to all of us picture. 90s kids really yeah. i mean there's so many 90s albums you know like any all of us who grew up in the in the 90s have records that we love so yeah. now it's a matter of translating that i mean that you think it's like you know, the, the nice thing is that you think of most of the records that you love and there still are like songs you know there still are you know there there's always some carve away like perfect song in there and I think the biggest difference now is that you got to put that song first. You know, you got to like immediately be like, "Hey, we're over here," because otherwise, you know, somebody's going to be. I know. Yeah, I mean, for twenty years is some kid growing up now going to look back nostalgically and be like, "Oh man, that was the week that that playlist came out." Yeah. Right. <laughs> I know. I. Yeah, I can still remember. Like, I can remember the exact time and date and what shop I went to to get a record the day it came out. And- yep. Me too. Just lives in my car. Newberry Comics. All about Newberry. Newberry Comics. I mean, I don't know. It's like, at, but at the end of the day, we can sit here and be nostalgic, and that's fun. But that's uh, useless. It's useless. It doesn't help anyone. No. I, it's it's going. The train is going whether you want it to or not. So oh. we might as well get on. It's an adapt or die. Yep. Exact uh, moon. It always has been. It just changes so much more rapidly. So. Um. Every week, guys, I like to do a movie pick of the week. Ooh, I love movies. Yes. So you can sh- see the, s- the screen now, I would assume, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I've heard about this. Speaking yes. of 90. This is, I uh, doubt this is very appropriate for what we've been talking about. Yes, I do. Uh, Have you seen this one yet? What's that? Have you seen this movie yet? I just saw it. It was really oh, good. Cool. Yeah. Now, have you guys seen this? No. Uh, I have not. I just pass it by when I walk to Starbucks. Because it's like Arclight is across the corner. It was like around the corner for me. And they have this giant poster. Forever wary of nostalgia porn as much as we've been talking yeah. about the days of yore. The but. only ad is just Jonah Hill, <laughs> mid-90s. It's like yeah. all you know. <laughs> really out He's never much of a skater either. Uh, uh, Reznor and Ross did the score though, right? They did, yeah. It was really good. They actually it's did it for free as well from what I hear. Really? Yeah, it was a really small it's budget movie. Um, but I, I did grow up skateboarding. Skateboarding culture in the 90s was huge for me, huge for all the, the dudes I grew up with, um, mm-hmm. defined our culture, and it, and it kind of kicked off a lot of musical interest for me, too. 
Because cool. of that, I listened to a lot of hip hop. Because of that, I listened to a lot of punk rock. You know, like No Effects and uh, Misfits and all those bands back then. Yep. It was really because I was watching 411 skate videos and on mm-hmm. VHS, by the way. <laughs> right. um, so, yeah, let's watch the trailer together for mid-90s. Yo, I'm out. Stay out of my fucking room, Stevie. Before guys become dicks. Oh, oh fuck! Yo, My what bad. the fuck? Oh, shit. You think you're pretty cool? They're ghetto ass friends. You good? Uh. You think you're tough and shit? You're just a little fucking kid. A lot of the time, we feel like our lives are the worst. But think if you looked at anybody else's closet, you wouldn't trade your shit for their shit. So let's go. While we ride a piece of wood, like what that does to somebody's spirit. Hey, Stevie, what the fuck are you doing? go check it out cool yeah it was really good and like all the the kids that jonah hill found for the movie um they were all like so like the little the little small kid that's kind of the star of the movie he was just some kid that he found at a at a skate park is that a stranger things dude it looks so much like the stranger things dude i really Mm. thought this was like i was so this kid he is like a young actor kid he's been in other stuff um but he, you know, he's only, he's really tiny. He's like 12 years old. I think he was 13 in the movie. And, you know, he's just some no-name kid that was skating in a park in San Diego. And so they went and got him. And then, so the kid with the long curly hair, he's like a semi-pro skater. And then mm-hmm. the young black kid that's like their, their best bud, mm-hmm. he's a he's one of the best skaters in the world right now. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's, cool. A, he's a pro skater. And so anyway, it's... It, yeah, it's really fucking cool. I, I'm a huge skate kid, and like I grew up, like I said, doing that. So that was a, a dope movie for sure. Go check it out. Will do. Sick. Pulls on the heartstrings for sure. Yeah, looks like it. Yeah. So you're wary of the uh, of that, though. You were saying. Say what? You said you were wary of nostalgia. Uh yeah. I, I also just I'm. I have zero interest in coming of age movies. I don't know if it's like 
<laughs> not to get too psychological about it on like no the heart. couch or anything. It's just like I, I didn't really enjoy my middle and high school years as you much as I wish it. I did. So it's like, you know, asking the bucks to like That's so good. funny. I, I didn't either, to be fair. I, I hated high school. I hated all school. But yeah, I, yeah. I love coming. I'm such a fucking soft hearted twerp. That's yeah, yeah. Like I love John Hughes movies. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There's a movie called Eighth Grade that I yeah, really yeah. loved. Highly recommend that movie. I wanna, yeah, I heard that was good. See, Again, that was might not be for you though, because that's super. Yeah. I mean, it's like literally a coming of age movie. But I guess that is. I, I'm fascinated with um, developmentally. A developmental psychology role, like uh, what social media is doing to kids, and I guess that movie Eighth Grade Very kind of so. some of that. So I'm I'm curious to see it through that through that lens. And the but. guy, what's it, Bo Bergman? Something. Bo something? Bergman, yeah, the yeah, comedian. The comedian. He yeah. wrote and directed it, and it, it was really cool too because it was from so written by a guy, but from the perspective okay. of a girl in eighth grade. So it was kind of cool finally to have like that female perspective. Oh, really? Yeah, that that so that's male cool. writes a good female character. That Pretty almost rare. Not- yeah quentin tarantino tried constantly to oh he fails and i love i love but he's the worst at women dialogue every time my wife will watch like pulp fiction or whatever she just just starts yelling like oh that's not how women talk yeah (laughs) i think it just says something about just the disparate nature of male and female psychologies like for a yeah base level psyche of a male to imagine the inner complexities of female is much more difficult than a female trying to imagine a guy that sure. pretty much just operates on sex yeah. and cheeseburgers. Yes. Okay. So, I definitely yeah. like sex and cheeseburgers. I love sex and cheeseburgers. It's pretty much oh, my driving force. That's yeah. the only, yeah, that's what else is there. Going. Yeah. For sure. You know, what else is there? Yeah. I look back on all my favorite authors and it's like, Oh yeah, they all, all those guy authors were fucking terrible at writing female protagonists. <laughs> Or they have like one model of female character, like prefabbed over and over and over and over again. Raul Dahl, one. Raul Dahl. Raul Dahl. Raul Dahl. Raul Dahl. Yeah. Raul Dahl. I said Raul Dahl. Raul Dahl. Raul Dahl. I was I, way too much into the spirit. Yeah, Raul Dahl. Matilda. Yeah, yeah. yeah Matilda. That's a good one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, that's, that's good. Who are some of your favorite authors? Uh, growing up, I was I was a huge sci-fi kid, so I read like everything. Um, like Philip K. Dick, Kurt Vonnegut. Oh, Stephen Kurt Vonnegut, King. dude. All about yeah. the Vonnegut. Fucking love him. Har- Haruki Murakami was big for me, too. And fucking love them all. But you look back and, like, yeah, they'd never really write a good female character. Uh, mm. Stephen King did some good stuff, actually. Stephen King did okay. He yeah, did he did a lot of coke when he did okay, though. Yeah, well, you know. Booze so. and coke. Yeah, he, he's one liber- of my favorites, though, man. Super underrated. Yeah, man. I, I uh, so I was, I was the oldest kid and I was pretty uh protected by my parents and they were like oh you're not 13 so you can't see a pg-13 movie mm. I just read a book instead so ah gotcha like super perversely curious about all that horror shit and i was like all right cool i'll just you know read it in seventh grade Dude, and it is so by the time i got to high school i'd read every single book stephen king read in a wow. life man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i still hadn't seen a pg-13 movie and then you know when i do oh, finally get around God. to seeing giraffe it's tame as shit. Yeah, you're like, wait a second. I've been reading Stephen King. I, I read this book in like PG-13. Yeah. Michael Crichton wrote about dead holding his intestines <laughs> by a fucking Diplosaurus. That's fucking hilarious. Your parents are like, no, you're not old enough to watch a PG-13 movie, but we'll let you read every Stephen King novel ever written. That's crazy. 
Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, that's that's parenting. And then I actually yeah, got you into reading. Yeah, no, I, I, I bless my parents. Absolutely. I love was If I raised kids, Jesus, that's what I would do. Now, what do you think of the new It movie? I thought I it was seen really that fucking well done, actually. I loved it. I mean, I, loved it. I, I love horror movies, and it was definitely like very much in the jump scare farm. Yeah. But it was like a game jump scares. By the time. way. You have to admit it's a bit of a coming of age movie. Oh yeah, but hey, man, if you if you wanted me to watch coming of age movie, Bad put horror. some fucking yeah. clowns in there. <laughs> there you go. Get yeah. right, I'll pull you in. <laughs> have some creepy con. Yeah, so I went out trick or treating with my my niece and nephews and sisters and stuff, and we're walking through this this suburban neighborhood that that couldn't be more like typically suburban you know there's kids which, everywhere. which in portland right yeah the suburb of portland which hood um out in like the beaverton hillsborough area okay. yeah okay cool do you so you know uh, this area i lived out there for i finished up college out there and um mostly lived in uh foster powell powell oh, neighborhood okay cool yeah nice very cool yeah, so. so so anyway uh we we go across this across the street and we come to this house and on the garage door is uh um, you'll you'll float too, <laughs> and we're yeah. like, oh fuck yeah, it's the it house because I remember from last year. Yeah, and, right. and then like there's this, uh, it's not a real kid, but it's like a uh, like a, a fake kid bending over into the sewer with the audio uh-huh. from the movie playing, and then yeah. in the bushes the dad just stands there like a clown, and he looks perfect. He looks just yeah. like Pennywise with a fucking red balloon. And he yeah, just yeah. kind of creepily walks through the lawn. Like, it was so good. And kids are just, like, losing their minds. Everyone's recording with their phone. And uh, I mean, that's what horror does, man. Like, I don't understand people that don't like horror movies. Right? Like, oh, it's just too scary. And, like, what? Are you a fucking pussy? Or what are we talking well, about? It's just, it's hard. I mean, it's, it's fun. It's so, it's hard to get my girlfriend into, man. I've been trying. It's just, it's hard it's to get. My well, wife and I watch every horror movie ever made. <laughs> I, I love them, but it's, you know, it's from a cinematic point of view, like horror movies exist to, uh, you know, actuate on one emotion and that's fear the same way that we watch a comedy because we want to laugh. So right. if you don't like being afraid, you're not going to like right. horror if you movies. don't like being disturbed. Yeah, and that's one of the, yeah, I guess you're right. Taste. Cause it's like, well, okay. Everyone likes, no one says I don't like comedies because that person is a fucking lizard who doesn't so like so to laugh. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. They're a, a serial killer. I, I get people not liking horror movies, but yeah, but I mean, there's just it's such a wide genre. I just feel like that's saying you don't like ice cream. It's like, right. what do you mean? Like, there's got to be a flavor that you do like. I mean, right. horror is anything from it to Shaun of the Dead. I mean, Shaun of the Dead is one of the funniest movies ever made. Right. 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 What did you think of Hereditary? Of what? Hereditary? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I've it seen good, it at right? least three times. Now. Yeah, I love it. It yeah. took me the second time to like it. The first time I was like, don't really buy the whole mental health angle. Mm. And the second time I was like, all right, all right. I sort of got it. I just love that it was like most of the movie was just a story about a family. Just kind of sad. Yeah. And yeah it's, first, better, it's better as a horror movie. It's family trauma. It's better yeah. if you don't think about it from like the whole psychosis, you know. See, I felt very Stephen King vibe from that movie. It was, like, it was like kind of yeah. shining the way that it's just kind of scary because it's scary. It's not. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's when you enjoy it the most. I think it's just because it's like as really good scares until just, the ending. Then they yeah. just ramp it up to 150 miles per hour, where it's like super. I, typical I, I laughed at the end. I yeah. laughed out loud at like the, the girl, the like the statue with like because it looked like something from Disneyland to it's me. So it was like funny. <laughs> yeah, you like, like the ending, ending. 
Yeah, the ending yeah, yeah, ending when right. they go to the, the little oh, treehouse yeah, like, and then she has like the whole bunch. Spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we didn't ruin it too much, it. but it, it does get pretty nutty at the end. We'll just it's say great. Hey, you know what yeah. about spoiler alerts? It's been out for a while. That's not yep, my your fault. problem. If you haven't, you haven't it, watched it. True. Yeah. Get your shit together. Yeah. That's true. I had yeah. someone give me shit about ruining the movie Forrest Gump the other day. <laughs> oh. What's there to ruin it? Yeah, yeah. What is A, what are you big. talking about? B, <laughs> it's been out since we were children. Yeah, that's, Time that's to a, get on uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> what's the big twist ending of that? Like, what's the, what, what, what is it? Forrest Gump is Kaiser Soze. Oh, I didn't get that. And he that. was dead all along. Oh, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, you have to oh, watch okay. the director's cut. God damn it. Now everyone says Kaiser Soze. I think of Kevin Spacey, and then I think of Kevin Spacey being a creep, and then I get depressed. He's a little asshole. Yeah. God damn it. R.I.P. Why, why all the good ones? Louis C.K., Kevin Spacey. Uh, can't quite put them in the same category. No, though. you yeah. really can't. I don't yeah. know why I just did. It's not even the same universe. Spectrum. False equivalence same there. Yeah. I mean, Louis, he's, he's still being a creepo for sure. There's yeah. Like, oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Creepo just, is going on. I don't know if we're ever going to get him back. I do miss his stand up, but. Oh, he's um, one of my favorite. Who, who are some of your favorite stand ups? Obviously, um, Louis. Yeah, I, I Bill Hicks is probably my number one. That's pretty Dude, cliche. Did we just become best friends? Yeah, probably. Kurt Vonnegut, Stephen King, <laughs> we're 35 and jaded. Yeah, no, it's, I always say I learned. Uh, uh, philosophy from Bill Hicks, language from George Carlin, and history from Eddie Izzard. That, Fantastic, that, man. That covers a pretty good base of comedic I love Bill Hicks. I'm a, a, a Bill Burr for sure. Yeah, Bill Burr is great. Love. Patton Oswalt. Oh, yeah. Patton, his, his last special was amazing. Um, I'm really I'm into John life. Mulaney lately. Yeah, he's yeah. he's like a class. He's got like classy. an old yes. 70 classy. Put on a suit. No, so, yep. yeah, just been very consistent. That very morning. clean, like clean, and yeah. He's, oh, speaking of uh, John Mulaney, have you watched Big Mouth, the Netflix series? Yeah, I haven't seen the new se- the new oh, season. I haven't seen the new. Yeah, Dude, me too. I've seen the, first so, one. the new season's like tw- twice as good, maybe uh, or more. I mean, it's just really? it took that a great first season and then just fucking hit it out of the park. Uh, well, it's, yeah, no, it's I, so good, man. I'm waiting for a long work trip to knock that one out on a plane. Yeah, I like Nick Kroll too. He, I mean, he's hilarious. He's not really like a stand-up comedian, but I couldn't really get through that special they did together where they were. Oh, I loved it. The oh hello, the old Jewish guys. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was funny. Yeah. It, it's definitely very specific. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's niche. Was... But you have to admit that, like, that's pretty rad that that's on Netflix today. Netflix will take anything, man. Yeah, I guess that's like saying it's on the world. <laughs> You're just a dumping ground. They're right, they're right, right. an entertainment I, industry. Subsidy. You said something earlier about attention span, you know, getting lower yeah. and lower. Uh, so apparently, Netflix now is signing comics, you know, because they do it a lot of specials. Yeah, yeah, they and, wanted to do. And now, now they want them to do like thirty minute specials, because yeah. the typical like hour long special that we grew up watching or more right. is too long for people now. Oh yeah, I think it's a bummer, man. Like it takes a while to, because the stand-up special is just like an album, or you know, it's a it's a full yeah, it's arc. Not, a full it's arc of a, yeah, for sure. Uh, sorry, just, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, they're they're just I don't know. They're a fire hose of content, and I can't I can't keep up on it. <laughs> yeah, it's simply too much. Yeah, I would I would like one person to explain to me how. Okay, this is gonna sound dumb, but how. Go on. 
Okay, how do I reward this? So excited. How does Netflix make money aside from the subscription? Because well, that's obviously how they make money. But how? So like on YouTube, right? The whole, mm-hmm. the whole, the whole world is based off advertisements. So yeah, if you right. have more plays on a podcast, you make more money for mid rolls and pre rolls. But if you have a YouTube show, you're going to get money off the plays. So right. why why does Nick Kroll get paid more for Big Mouth because that's going to be a massive show. Everyone's going to watch it. They're going to devour it. But how? How? What's the incentive? You know what I'm saying? Am I? Asking yeah, like, no, I get it. How does yeah, that yeah. work? Well, they because uh, there's no commercials. Right, right, right. They. Um, I, I'm just afraid they're going to figure out I still have my parents' Netflix account. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Like, that's, they could probably triple their revenue stream if they were a little more. Uh, See, I disagree. Know, I think that they're smart by doing that. That's really? why everyone goes to Netflix. Yes, yeah. they're smart. They're like, look, we're just going to let it happen. We know that people are going to fuck around anyway. But I'd say like, everyone has a Netflix account. Yeah. I'm just saying everyone no, every, everyone knows someone. That everyone knows someone. Yeah, that's the difference, yeah. though. But it's not but, just, it's not, they're not just worried about getting your subscription money. What they would prefer to have is that the world be hooked on Netflix. That's right. the and they, they pretty much got it. And they, yeah, that's right. Right. But I mean, hotels of Netflix. The quality, yeah. the, quali- the quality of their average content coming out is just—I I think dog shit. I would agree. Yeah, the, the most of the original content now is. Stupid. I can't keep up with any of it. Was, and was that SNL? It's just like Netflix. Selective. Like, like, yeah. And it's weird because they're—they're they're, in a way they're like bankrolling projects from directors without any sort of editorial okay, oversight. Okay, so let's get back to the. So how do you? How do they make money? Like they're bankrolling people to make films or shows but where how are they getting paid off oh there's plenty of vc money i mean how's twitter make money like they're still they still have an office in downtown san francisco so well, i get i'm not asking the right question how does the the number of like the success of the show how many people watch the show how does that correlate to money they don't they don't even release their watching numbers they, they, that, that. yeah they, they don't, don't tell their comics or, right yeah, yeah. You don't tell anyone what their streaming numbers are for any of their programs. So then and they're tracked all like algorithm style. Like they're tar- you know, they're able to do targeted um, curation of, you know, what you want to watch next. Maybe it's a money laundering front after all this. Well, I mean, it's, so it's what you're out. saying is like they're, they're so they're not worried about. So then the number of people that watch the shows doesn't matter financially is what you're saying. Well, not at all. I mean, all right. So uh, the one thing I do love about Netflix is they were able, uh, you guys know the show Mystery Science Theater 3000? No, of course. Yeah. They fucking brought Mystery Science Theater 3000 back. With, uh, what's his name? From... With Jenna Ray. Yeah, Jenna yeah. Ray. yeah, yeah. I live right up the street from the Meltdown and I'm still a little bummed that that place closed. But Oh, did uh, it really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. It closed down maybe six months ago. I mean, the Meltdown, you know, comedy show with Jonah and Kumail was shut down probably a year and a half ago. But I'm so jealous that you guys get to go to these LA yeah, things. Wow. The comedy stores right down the road. It's so fucking cool. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Anyway, but... back to Netflix. Anyway, Netflix Netflix saw that enough nerds like me just to get to sleep were watching episodes of MSC3K every night and we're like, oh well shit, there's a there's a viewership for this if we just mainline it back into our environment and get new episodes so they can bankroll that. Yeah. And they know that they, they kept me I'm I still watch Netflix and hell hell yeah, season two of the Oh, so I see what back. you're saying. So they're basically the the only thing they're concerned about is just keeping you hooked into being yeah. a subscribed member of right. Netflix. And I, and I'm sticking around for it. Yeah. Gotcha. 
but you know, you look at a platform like like HBO, which costs the same a month, and you know, pound for pound, they produce way better shit. Agreed. It's interesting Agreed. what happens with the AT and T Warner Brothers buyout because there's that whole dust up. I, I I've heard it's not going to really change their mode much. What with HBO? Uh, yeah, they they got their parent. Con- I can't keep track of who owns who now, but sure. they just got bought out. There was, you know, the suits were like, "All right, HBO, step up your game and produce more content at a Netflix level." And you know, I think HBO, to their credit, has been uh, uh, quality over quantity for as long as they've been a thing. Interesting. So maybe that's, I guess that's what it is, because you know, every other model of making money off the internet is reverse like right with youtube podcasts everything's based on numbers so that you can attract advertisement right that's it that's yeah, what yeah. all of this is but so for netflix it's not that it's just based yeah. on getting people hooked on netflix as long as their target area is wide enough to encompass everyone <laughs> everyone our parents me you right exactly yeah. It's the, oh, you right. know, they, my parents are addicted to that queen, the, the queen show. And I tried, I, I fell asleep. Okay. And they still bankroll some of their genres. What was it? The new Gareth Evans, the guy who did the raid had a new movie on Netflix, which was okay. not very good. Uh, and then on top of that, a lot of, you know, big name studios like Paramount, you know, bankrolled uh, that last Cloverfield movie which was also dog shit and just yeah. dumped it directly onto netflix and netflix was like hey we'll get 10 cloverfield no it was that was solid uh the cloverfield paradox no yeah oh um, yeah that was dog shit uh and it was you know it was i forget who's gonna release it, and they're like oh this movie sucks do we are we just gonna take a bath on this oh netflix will buy it from us for exclusive streaming right they did the same thing with annihilation which is still one of my favorite movies of the year um oh it was great Nihilus yeah, yeah. Was unbelievable. That was like a tool video. I mean, that, yeah, yeah. So Paramount amazing. freaked out because uh, they were dumb enough slash smart enough in my eyes to give Alex Garland final cut. And they saw the movie and like, this is too weird. We can't sell this. And so yeah. Netflix and said, all right, we'll distribute it internationally and we get exclusive streaming rights after a month, I think, in U.S. markets. Mm-hmm. And they just bought it up and, you know, they got it from there. So I'm just they, now they, hearing... Go, sorry, go ahead, Ben. No, 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 no. Go, go for it. I was just going to say, I'm just now hearing your Boston accents. I just, uh, just sorry, now heard it. Usually takes about one, yeah. one or two drinks, and then just it, heard it. You couple of bastards. What, what are your last names? Are any of you Irish Boston scumbags? Like I am. Uh, my, my last name is Dennis, which I think is Scottish, but I it's don't white. Know. Yeah, it's white. Mine's technically like McCacky Cohen, so my dad's pretty Irish. Yeah, so yeah McCacky is like that. Yeah. Irish. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah, probably got more cred than me. Definitely, yeah, probably. I, I, I would bet I've been to more Dropkick Murphy shows than you. Though, you have so. definitely been to more Dropkick. I'm though. actually a huge Dropkick fan. I wasn't. Love. Yeah, there. I mean, I so I used to work at a venue in, in Portland called the Crystal Ballroom, and I, I worked oh, yeah, there for a long time. It's still there, right? Yeah, it is. It's it's fantastic. It's it still got the it, floating floor. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna oh, yeah. cave in one of these days. Uh, um, but anyway. Yeah, I wasn't like the biggest Dropkick fan for whatever reason. And then I worked one of their shows at the ballroom. And I, my, my whole – my brain was about to explode. Like the amount of energy building up before they even went on stage was unbelievable. Yeah. I was get fucking like bags and pipe marching band from the fire department came out for like 20 minutes before they came on. Whipped the crowd into a frenzy. Talk yeah. about a loyal fan base, dude. That is a fucking army. 
Punk is a different fucking Mar- thing in Irish Boston. Punk, no, what, Irish punk I, is a different fucking March thing in Boston. March 17th. Yeah, they no better place to be in the world than at the Dropkick show. I don't know where they do it. I used to do it at uh, Avalon or House of Blues, whatever. The oh, for St. Patty's Day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they do like four days in a row or some uh, shit. It's longer and longer. Yeah. So they, if they keep it up long enough, St. Patty's Day will go for a month and we'll just have a residency. Yeah, yeah. It's weird seeing moshing out here. It's weird seeing it's like cute. people. It's adorable. Yeah, I'm sure it's adorable to you guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's super cute. You come from like the original hardcore city of the world. Hardcore yeah, hard yeah. I don't know. You know, like uh, videos of like the sumo plush suits that people just. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just. Oh, it's like, oh, it's so. Yeah. It's so. Everyone's smiling. No one's crying. Like, what? What is? Wait, what? I thought this was about pain and angst. Yeah. Hey guys, every show I do a ceremonial piss break where we take a few minutes, we refresh ourselves. You can jack each other off. You can jack each other awesome. not off. It doesn't matter to me. I'm I'll go to this corner. Ben will go to that corner. Cool. Okay. I'll be over here jacking off. So let's do that. In about five minutes, we'll come back, okay? Sounds good, man. So refreshed. I'm just going to leave everything open. We'll come back. All right. Cool. involved we're like chanting or goat sacrifice uh, it really just means a 35 year old guy peeing in a oh, okay. studio Jeez. by himself that's it it okay. took me a long time to pee too i'm i'm getting there yeah it's it's bad. really long time i pee yeah. a lot i also drink liquids all day long that's good that's good to stay hydrated so. I'm, a, I'm a coffee freak mm. Dude. we all are yeah, you guys live in a good town for coffee. Not as good as my town, to be fair. Yeah, you guys you guys are aces out there. Coffee's just fucked up strong here. It doesn't necessarily have to be good. It just has to be really strong. Yeah. There's a place in um, Venice off uh, Abbott Kenny. I love. Uh, in, it's a terrible name. Intelligentsia. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're yeah, all yeah. over. They're, they're everywhere They're now. kind of the stump oh, are they? They're yeah. everywhere, yeah. They're yeah. all over Star Lake, all over East LA. They're good. They're good. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's so like hipster, elitist coffee joint, yeah. but yeah. but it's good. They judge you. There's them you tall haven't. words coming from someone in Portland, but <laughs> yeah. All right, well, welcome officially back to the program. The program. When I'm a hundred years old, welcome back to the program. This is regularly scheduled program. <laughs> back to my program. The words from our sponsors. So at this point, we'll do some current events. Oh, boy. Things that are going on in the world. Okay. We, uh, we can avoid politics if you want, or we can get into it. I don't give a fuck. I don't know. Let's yeah. get into it. I don't really have anything political, so we oh, okay. won't go there. Actually, well, we'll start out with something super sad. Can you see the screen now, guys? No, I can't. Oh, I can see you. Let me share screen again. Share. Oh, there we go. Now okay. Rolling okay. Stone. So we got 
just to get it out of the way, the Pittsburgh shooting. You guys oh, hear boy. about this? I'm sure. Oh, yeah. What a bummer, right? Jesus, God Almighty. Um, 11 poor, innocent people were gunned down in a synagogue. Yeah. Synagogue. I don't think Jesus had anything to do with it. Yeah. Dude, 95, 95-year-old Holocaust survivor. No. Yeah. Really? In the US. Yeah, one of them was the Holocaust. 95-year-old Holocaust survivor gets killed in the U.S. in a synagogue. How's that for full Oh, my God. That's so yeah. fucked up. I'm full circle. Some far-right yeah. douchebag, right? That's the guy that did uh, it, it, sounds like. So, yeah, this piece of shit uh, pleaded not, get, not guilty. Is that – that was the last thing yeah. I saw. It's so, hard to – like, it's it's hard to, to think about it from a political – I mean, I guess it is far-right, but it's, it's the conspiracy theorists, right? It's the idea that, like – Chaos is, is just too much to take, and you need to like simplify it down to this imaginary collective. In this case, the Jews, but this imaginary, just small collective of people in power. Yeah, just, yeah. It's, so it it's sounds am- like he did appear in court on the 29th, wearing a sweatshirt and sweatpants, shackled, and with a vacant expression. Robert Bowers. I wish they would stop using their name. By the way, they need to stop doing that. Like, just stop with the shooters' yeah. names. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's a whole different thing. Rob Bauer well, stopped before. Wrong for me to say that I'm glad that it's a white guy name. Yeah. I know what you mean by that. I know exactly what you like, mean. Every time something like this happens, like, please don't Please, have- for the love of God. <laughs> I know. And well, it's Abdul Hubbler. Like, God damn it. It never is, though. It just it never. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the that's, beginning. I know that's, that's the real problem. It's, it's always some white dude. You guys see the, the Don Lemon rant? I shouldn't call it rant, but uh, Don Lemon's creed on uh, calling it screed. That's way better. Uh, just about just white, n- white nationalist terrorism being the, I forget the. Like a, a big threat or something. Yeah, that's yeah. the biggest threat to our country is, you know, white terror. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of truth to it. I mean, to be fair, there's been a ton of radical Islam shit go down in this country or ever for the world for that matter yeah but as far as like these mass shootings specifically in america you're right it's been overwhelmingly white males yeah yeah we haven't anywhere we're so i think we're we're deeply afraid of more islamic terrorism since obviously september 11th and yeah um when we see things happen in europe um but yeah for us it's usually the thing that we have to be scared of is is white men Absolutely. People that look like me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so then it goes on to say, uh, Bowers, the man accused of killing nine con- 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 congregants. Wow, I can't talk. Congregants in a hate-filled attack in a Pittsburgh synagogue named the Tree of Life arrived in a wheelchair pushed by the United States Marshal. What attack is not hate-filled? Why was he in a wheelchair? Oh, because he was probably shot, right? He, hate-filled I think the police got in the uh, yeah, love-filled attack. I feel, that feels redundant. I always thought it was weird that there's like a difference between a hate crime and a crime. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand. Yeah, no, I, mean, this. I don't know. No, like I, you can commit a crime just to like, you know, if you really want that bag of Cheetos, you know, it's different than like seeing the guy who's selling the bag of Cheetos being like, yeah, I don't like you and the color of your skin. So Yeah, yeah I understand. So it deserves a <laughs> But like I yeah I mean I, I don't know I, I you know at the same time I don't know that it like you know it, yeah it's crime, it's a separate crime. designation. What bothers me is the difference in speech like hate speech versus speech you don't like like that there's technically right. there's actually no such thing as hate speech technically speaking it's right. just you either like it or you don't I could say that you know 
some white supremacist bullshit right now. And you guys would be like, oh, cool, you're an asshole. See ya. And we're off the podcast. But right, right. but that doesn't technically mean anything other than I just said something that someone doesn't like. That's well, that's where it gets kind of weird to me. It's the same kind of submit. Like I'm whenever there's an, an incident like this and like, oh, are we uh, uh, we're waiting to see if the authorities want to call it an act of terror. It's like, no, it's an act of terror. It, you just that's right. got got violent in a way that was intimidating and horrible yes. and terrorizing. Yeah. Literally, it's an act of terror. Like, yeah, I'm no, sorry. yeah, technically. It's an act of terror. Yeah. Like, why are we waiting for someone to hand this down from on high? Like, terror is an emotion. Yeah. You can't, you don't get to, like, officially decree yeah. that this emotion or this or the other was the intent. It's amazing what didn't get reported on the same week, all the different shootings that happened. Like, there was a there was a uh, in North Carolina the Kroger shooting. Kroger shooting, yeah, nope. that did that barely got reported on. Oh, and no. there's also a shooting in North Carolina in a high school where uh, yep. this morning, a, my niece and, and nephew had the their school shut. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but my my niece and nephew had their school shut down because some kid threatened to shoot up the school. And then it turns out it was a it was a, it was a real threat. Like they found so shit in, in, North, the in North in North Carolina, a kid did shoot and kill another kid, and then school, and then school went on. And then school yeah, wasn't the school canceled. Open. They kept school open. <gasps> no way. Because it's so fucking commonplace. That's the level of women oh, have gotten to. Yeah. What the fuck, man? It's where we're at right now. What a crazy world. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, I think that a lot of us, you know, are are in you know the United mm. States because of our careers and because of music. But I think that we feel very much like it's it's weird to feel at home here a lot of the time. It's no. really interesting. Well, look, you know, there's a lot that goes into it and, you know, everyone has a different opinion on how to stop these things and why they're happening for sure. It's a complicated thing and hopefully we get it figured out one of these fucking days because it certainly is whatever we're doing isn't working. Well, it's kind of people just being stupid. Yeah, and just no purpose and, and upset and... Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. No one... Everyone's divided. And, yeah. It's, it's, that's why, like, look, I am a pretty open trump criticizer like i'm there's there's not a lot to respect on, from my point of view but right. with that said i would never go as far to say is that he's a nazi and like you'll hear like a lot of our liberal friends say shit like that and you're like well hold on if you actually think he's hitler the equivalent to hitler uh, you know what i would have done to stop hitler back in the back in the day i would have shot him in his fucking head so he yeah. didn't kill six million jews that's how no, far i'd go they're so, so like, fucking crazy on both sides. I mean, I, we also got rid of a poo from The Simpsons because of fucking the yeah, exactly. Left it's like, what are you we know, doing? Like, you crybaby yeah. babies! Like, I'm when sorry, are, you guys, are you guys pissed about that shit? By the way, oh, I'm got, super oh. pissed about that. No, I'm just pissed they didn't cancel The Simpsons ten fucking years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like some Fuck fucking you. Yeah. I'm I was wearing a Simpsons shirt early. I'm such a fan <laughs> of The Simpsons. No, I love it. No, don't I'm get me triggered, wrong. I'm triggered, bro. But you know, uh, come on. To be yeah. fair, the first, yeah, I, I got you. The nineties era not the was. Best. It's it's got I was, a shot. I was just reading this article about it. It was like it was like a very like a a very three dimensional like character. He was not this kind of you know. I mean, there there were stereotypes that he displayed, but he was a really good, sympathetic, smart, deep yes. character. His family, right? You know, um, so I just the fact that, but yeah, left. It's 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 both sides of it, honestly, and that's why we can't have any kind of conversation. There's Agreed. just no dialogue. There's no know? dialogue. There's absolutely no dialogue. And there's no middle ground to any of this, right? If if you were to start saying that gun control 
is part of the solution to all this. Like, cool. Then you'll hear some people who are like, fuck you, I'm pro-Second Amendment, and, like, you're tr- and putting uh, them, you know, like, whoa, how, why can't we somewhere come in the middle here? Okay, it's well, insanity. I'd say that, well, it's important to just think that there is plenty of dialogue, but it's only, be- it's largely between people that already agree with each other. And the danger is the lack of dialogue uh, that is both well thought out and coherent between... Right ideologies that maybe don't agree with each other that's why i think uh bill maher is one of the last old school like classical liberals that i i still follow i don't agree with everything he says or does but at least at least he has people on his show that he disagrees with like he had ben shapiro on the other day he had ben shapiro he had steve he had steve bannon which the fucking new yorker no that's you like do you think but do you think he he killed it with steve bannon and ben shapiro or do you think he could have done better well, what do you mean by better? I just think he didn't. I, I just think he wasn't as quick on his feet as as either Ben Shapiro or Steve Bannon. To be fair, I don't well, agree. He's, he's not. Ben, I mean, ben, ben Shapiro's a robot. Yeah. I mean, he's you know. He is. I mean, he just I, like I, I just think that he didn't like. I, I think that if he had brought him into like brought them into the panel and had them talk with like other experts, I just didn't think like I I've, I'm a huge fucking Bill Maher fan. I just didn't think he was qualified. To talk to to you mean like those, he didn't hold, held their feet to the fire as much? Is that what you mean? Yeah, I just oh. didn't. It was just painful to me. Maybe that's crazy. I but actually I don't. Just, I mean, I I I listen to Ben Shapiro a couple times a week. I like to check in on both sides. You know, what I mean, yeah, good for I you. Do it's too. Important. I yeah. definitely don't agree with everything he says, but I mean, I agree with more than I ever thought. Let's say it that way. The he's a smart yeah. fucking dude. I disagree with ev- with him from like every fiber of my being, but he's actually he's one of the few like really articulate, smart dudes. Who's, yeah, at least he believes what he believes. Um, yeah. he's genuine he's genuine yeah yeah and he will actually get in into the ring with other people that disagree with him yeah right i I think bill the format of bill maher's uh show is not really conducive to the kind of our uh of discussions that he should be having and also a problem that he's a fucking raving narcissist he's kind of oh he's he's a left-wing bill o'reilly i'm sorry and i watched because he's able to get a great he's he is able to great good panel uh, of he's actually able to bring people to have a discussion on the table but he just can't stop from his own voice into a conversation when there's a better comes from that that era of television and media where you you kind of had to be that guy and look like i hear joe rogan talk about all the time he's like i like bill maher he's he's a friend of mine but that show he he said exactly what you just said luke that it's just not conducive for an actual conversation yeah he should have he should have been able to talk to steve bannon for an hour like you exactly do a freeform podcast he should do a bill maher podcast and put it on youtube and you know how much more popular that would be People would eat that shit up. Yep. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, let's move on. So, did y'all hear about this new Beastie Boys book? The book, yeah. I'm intrigued. Yeah. I I am too, actually. I was cagey about autobiographies. Oh, it's an autobiography? Yeah, they wrote it. Um, Yeah, former New York City hardcore band and eight. God, 81, dude. Isn't that crazy? How long they've. (laughs) Fucking Christ. That's insane. (laughs) Um, but apparently it, it, here, let's listen to a little audio here. Who knew someone in Alaska and this person in Alaska would fly them to the top of an unsnowboarded on mountain in a helicopter. They jump out of the helicopter with their snowboards attached and head down the mountain. 
That's a crazy thing to even dare yourself to think of, let alone say you're going to do, or do, or have done. The first time we went to Australia was in 1992. Who's that reading? To me, Australia was a foreign land. Can't tell. Not only had I so, never been there, I don't think I'd ever met anyone who was Australian. Anyway, that's a what happens clip. there? I had no idea. So, yeah, Heli's key. Yeah, that's the most random audio clip ever. It's not that's that's why I'm going to pick up that book, because <laughs> yeah. I, want, I, I want to know their perspective that, on That was on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. That was their, like, highlighted clip. I th- he was talking about going to Tibet for the first Amazon. time or something. <laughs> Um, but it definitely sounds like it was written by them. I mean, there's like, that's not a ghostwriter. So apparently it's not to, to kind of quell some of your, your worries there, Luke. It's not just like a book about their, their band and growing up and stuff. It's like actual, um, it's like a picture book too. And like tour stories and very specific things. As long as there's pictures. As long as there's pictures. A place for you to draw. Perfect for 2018. Mm-hmm. But they, it's also like a nod to their, their buddy band member that died. Right, of course. Um, what's an ad or, or no, Mike, Mike D, Adam, uh, Adam, Adam the, Yuck, MCA, yeah. Yuck. That guy. The that dead one. Dude. What's that? The dead one. Yes, the dead one. Um, before I forget, obviously last night was Halloween. Did you guys have fun? Did you do anything? Oh, yes. What'd you guys do for Halloween? Uh, we live. Oh, we we live in West Hollywood, and they throw down pretty hard here. They sure uh, do. Oh, so, uh, I uh, my lady made some amazing costumes for uh, me and my roommates and all of us, and we went out as the Animaniacs and just had a good time. As the Animaniacs, is that what you said? Yeah. Oh, great! I love that show. Yeah, who doesn't? I had my first Halloween in my house, actually. I served candy to prospective trick-or-treaters and was vastly unprepared for the numbers that, that I got. Yeah, I actually, I was, I had to be that, that fucking dude for a little bit who didn't have candy on Halloween and was just like, come back in 10 minutes. It'll be better. Um, Did they actually come back? I don't think anybody came back, but we, we got, and so my, my girlfriend was out like buying candy while I was like, had to be the guy being like turning people away. Yeah. Um, but when, so we ended up getting just too much, way too much fucking candy. And just that's kinda... what always happens. I know you're like, I'm going to get candy for all the kids. And then you yeah. pocket yeah. half of it. Yeah, dude. I just felt so shitty this morning. I was just like, what? Know, me too. Sugar is such a bad thing for me now. I, I'm yeah. completely addicted. It's bad. <laughs> Super bad. Super- Speaking uh, of good things in the world, did you guys see that there was a uh, Reese's had a trading candy machine? They had you a what? They had something in New York that you could put in any piece of candy that you didn't want, <laughs> the and it would give you a Reese's peanut butter cup back. Oh wow! Which is fucking amazing. Any like, candy you didn't want. I don't know. I don't know what the maybe it was like. You know, two almond joys for one Reese's peanut butter cup. Or yeah, like, I don't believe that you could fun just put size in some peanut shit M&Ms like for a Reese's licorice Reese's. or something. Uh, I don't know. Good and plenty. Oh, like, no. I wish I had that technology. What's one of your favorite candy bars or candy types? Fucking Reese's. Re- okay. What about you, Ben? I think from like an American perspective, Snickers. Is Dude, pretty- I was just going to say, that's me, man. I'm baseball kid, Snickers. Where are you on Snickers ice cream bars? Fantastic. Snickers ice cream bars is like, yeah, fuck Snickers, right? Like, you have one of Dude, those. I don't want a Snickers yeah. again. It just depends. I mean, depends on where you. I mean, if you're if it's slightly colder out, then I can deal with a normal Snickers. But yeah, for like the dude. the warm weather, 
I used to smoke a lot of pot and then I'd get super like astronomically high, like into space high and then eat. Used to? Why'd you stop? Why'd you? Yeah. We'll get you. It just doesn't do it for me anymore, dudes. I don't know. Green mile up there, man. I know. It's the worst place to stop smoking. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I don't know. I might dabble one of these days again. We dab too. (laughs) (laughs) I've never dabbed. See, I'm so old that like. I, I, it's I like, oh my God, that's still too legal. cracky for me. <laughs> These guys are all about it. So. Goes straight to the dome, I would imagine. <laughs> just gets you high as fuck. Yeah, it does. Clean. Is it? Is. It's very clean. I feel much much more normal since I've stopped smoking flour, but it's just another. And it's more pretentious weed shit. You don't have to. Just calling it flour is pretty pretentious. Yeah, I, know. I know, I know. Before, 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 we, California, before we switched to concentrates, it wasn't like, oh, <laughs> you got Flour? Yeah. Come up with a concentrate version of weed to look back at just regular weed and be like, oh yeah, that's flour. It's a dispensary. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a it's a bizarre world we live in now, man. Like it's 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 just become a product to people. And people don't much. understand that like when we grew up, you had to fucking buy that shit illegally, hide oh, it. You had to go to a sketchy seven eleven with some guy that might stab you. Yeah, or... that's right. And then you that got made more it fun though, right? Kind of made it exciting. Yeah, way more fun and way way more badass. Way we appreciate badass. what we have. Can you now. imagine, like, yeah, you did. Now, like back when I was your age, we could have died. <laughs> <laughs> I know it makes it sound pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Back in the nineties, before the internet. I don't know what's the controlled substance that kids need to get into sketchy situations to get nowadays. Vicodin. Uh, Vicodin. Vicodin. Yeah, Painkiller. Look in the fucking parents' medicine cabinet. I know. That's shit, man. Okay. I got very hooked on that shit. I'm open about it. I fucking ready whip. Ready whip. I know. It's just that. You kids. That's what, that's kids don't whip it, man. Kids yeah. don't know how easy they're finding household supplies. Yeah. yeah. Dude, my my buddies used like, to yeah. work at a coffee shop and we would just go and raid the fucking the the freezer and stuff and just whip it all day long at that place. We'd smoke pot and whip it up and then people would come and order coffee and we would not help them. Perfect. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Little kids. Um, moving on to other news. Chris Cornell's widow sues doctor for malpractice. Mm. Oh, is this a prescribing? Yes. Vicky like Cornell, the widow of Chris Cornell, is suing the late singer's doctor for over-prescribing him anti-anxiety medication. I don't remember what medication it was, though. Uh, yeah, what medication was it? Yeah. Well, he yeah. killed himself, so it wasn't an overdose, right? Ativan. Right. Ativan's pretty fucked. I mean, but I, I don't. You can't really malpractice is like it's kind of hard thing to prove. I mean, maybe if maybe. You have Chris Cornell, money attorney, but yeah, not to be a jerk. I mean, this is a fucking rock star with substance abuse problems, and like, I mean, you can't technically blame the doctor for that. But uh, but and, I don't know. I mean, maybe wait, it was. I'm right that he didn't hang himself. Right? Yeah, that's where. Yeah, yeah. This isn't an overdose case. No, this is not an overdose case. So he killed himself. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Didn't he hang himself? Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, it, we're, suicide. we're, we're yeah. overprescribed for sure as a nation. Like, you can't really fucking, like, say he killed himself because the doctor prescribed him out of van. Yeah, really. That's a really good point, Ben and Luke, because he kill, he fucking hung himself, right? Yeah, and so yeah. if you're blaming the doctor, like, what doctor wants their patient to kill himself? That's one less customer. <laughs> Sorry. So, okay, Vicki Cornell it. has frequently suggested that her husband's suicide was the result of overprescribed medication. Recalling a conversation she had with Cornell hours before his death, she said, quote, I noticed he was slurring his words. He was different. 
when he told me he had taken an extra Ativan or two. I contacted security and, and asked that they check on him. What happened is inexplicable, inexplicable and I hope that hopeful the further medical reports will provide additional details. So, if you I mean, took an extra Ativan or two, doesn't that mean it was against doctor's orders? Like by just by using the word extra? Yeah, I don't think you're allowed to just take an extra or two, right? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of not the doctor's. I'm not, not to be, that's a play. No, I, I hear what you're saying, though. I mean, I don't know. It, it's it's such a lot of pain. That happens. Yeah. No one should go through that. And of course. I, I just, I don't understand days. why everyone, like, in. I think in this country, everyone uses grief, and especially when grief is in the public eye, jumps to lawsuits and just jumps right. to the area of it. It's the American right. way. The American way, way, so much. We are litigate. Yes, we are. We love suing. Um, oh, before we forget, you guys are from Boston. Congrats on the Red Sox winning the World Series. I don't know if you care or not. Thanks. I'm a huge baseball fan, so I thought that was oh, cool. I, I, my family's very happy, and I'm happy for them. But <laughs> baseball is boring I, as shit. You had a game that went, what, seven and a half hours? For it was a the th- longest game in World Series history. I just, like, just, I'm sorry. I love I love soccer, football for the rest of the world, mm-hmm. and like there's a reason why they cap that shit. Yeah, <laughs> hours. Hey, for look, a look, score. you're not going to meet. You have to wait for twice fan. that long to get to a score of forty-two. The next morning, fuck that game. Yeah, like that whole sport. You just is you, nothing about you, waiting. The, the great thing though is just seeing like like Californian disappointment afterwards. No, they don't care that much. But that's what's great is like we have two fucking football. They just yeah. We have two on. fucking football teams. One of which one has of the, which best is the best in, in the NFL. NFL. Yeah. No one gives a fuck. They're not selling out their home games. Yeah, it's just well, funny. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, you're not going to find a bigger baseball fan than me. Yeah, no, and even Boston. I agree with you. Ba- yeah, they Boston. need to do something. Like, even I am bored at that. But it's it's a fundamentally flawed spectator sport because even the players are just waiting for something to happen, yeah. right? Like oh, the catchers waiting for the pitcher to throw yeah. the ball, no, the bat. Then that just tells me you, you don't follow baseball. You don't know yeah. the magic. You're true. No, everybody, right. but you got to say though, at like, at the, whatever it was, 16th inning, whatever it was, 15th inning, like everyone, even like the baseball fans to end all baseball fans wanted to fucking end. Like right. at that point, they're like, please, somebody just strike out. Like, it's just, it's, I love baseball. I, I, I actually, I used to be a Red Sox fan before I like, I just got tired of figuring out who was bought and who wasn't. That's the thing <laughs> about the Red Sox and Yankees, right? And now the Dodgers, it's just like, it's, it's just hard. a corporation. It's, it's a corporation. corporation versus corporation. It's, it's just not like, a fucking surprise that the Dodgers yeah. and the Red Sox played again. Yeah. The first time is you're like, wait, these people aren't from Boston? <laughs> I mean, growing up in Boston, like you'd be walking out of a rock concert and people would start chanting Yankees suck. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. like we, this has nothing to do with baseball. Yeah. Right. Like, this is tribalism at a base yeah. weird level. It is weird. <laughs> I know it is really weird. Being a sports fan is very strange. They don't give a fuck about you. Uh, what was it? It was either Carlin or Robin Williams, maybe. It was, sports is nothing but cheering for clothing. Yeah, yeah. Like all you're doing is cheering for the color of a guy's shirt. Yeah, Hunt Brothers covered Tampa. Huh? I just saw. We're scrolling through the the theme. Punch Brothers covered Tim and Paula. Yeah, I just saw that. They really they bad. like to cover a lot of stuff. They did a. Uncover the strokes. Yeah, the strokes. I was going to say that. Cool. Bluegrass band members explain the challenge is covering synth laden psych rock song, Let It Happen. Huh. Chris Neely cool. is a fucking gangster, dude. I he saw him live. Yeah, he's, he's so ridiculous. 
Oh, um, speaking of gangster, Freddie Mercury, rest in peace. Have you guys seen, I'm sure you've seen the trailer for the new Queen movie? We're, we're, seeing, we're seeing it tonight because of our oh, right. parts. Yep. Our, uh, our bears both are forcing us to see it on opening night. night. Yeah. I hope, hope it, it's good. Hope it's good. Thanks. It looks a well, little vanilla. Totally it looks a little oh, vanilla. It, it looks very vanilla. It does. You know, uh, I know too much of the behind-the-scenes stories of just getting it made. Well, I was watching some interview with Sasha Baron Cohen because he was supposed to play Freddie Mercury originally. He was going to do it, and the band, their surviving members wanted it to be, like, about the whole band and, like, you know, Mercury dies two-thirds of the way through and... Yes, but also that that for sure, but then also that there was just, like, they weren't going to show all the cocaine and all the fucking and sucking and the reality of... They didn't show the cocaine, so they're they're not. They don't show the cocaine. That's what fun. I hear. That they just imply that he's like going heavy, but you, right. you'll, you'll see it tonight. Yeah, well, we'll let I you know. Be, have have you seen it? Yet? No, I'll, I'll see it as soon as I possibly can. But yeah, I'm just I'm I'm happily going in with very low expectations. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. hoping pleasantly surprised. I think yeah, you're smart in that. Yeah, in that in that way of doing it. Never a good sign when they fire the director halfway through a movie. So no, it's not. That's does not bode well. No. So did um did the Red Sox do their celebration? They usually play like the like they do like a fucking parade through Boston. Do you know anything Probably. about that? Probably. I don't know. Let's see if they did. I'm sure they did. Drop kick. I'm just happy to not be on the green line during that time. What's that? I'm just happy to not be on the green line during that time. The green line was the, the train, mm. the public transportation that went to Fenway Park. Oh. It was it was where we went to school, and it just it, if you like the Red Sox, it made you not like the Red Sox. So of course they play shipping up to Boston. Up to Boston. It was just Red Sox, like it just the yeah Red Sox fans in, in the train. Yeah, it's a little much, you know. It's a lot, dude. It gets a it gets gets a lot. But I, it's I mean, a cool story. I mean, eighty six years before winning the World Series, and there was a lot of magic of that year. I, I was into it, dude. I was like so into it. I. I yeah. Is this from this week? Is that? Um, yeah. This was just the other day. kind of band i think they have a cool career because they get to be they get to be more than just a band oh they're a you know cultural I mean? yeah band. yeah they're like a they're, they're mascot city. yeah yeah very much so it makes me miss boston every time i hear dropping movies they play at like union halls for firefighters and pipefitters and sh- i just think that's cool they, that they're they're more than just a band yeah and they're also very successful my God, good for them. Yeah, I know who would, who would have thought that a Irish. That's probably that's probably the most that's band. probably the most well played bagpipe player in the world. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, right. In a punk band, no less. So that's in a what punk it's band. right. And he kills it. He's like yeah, there's, there's no kid, there's no Scottish kid not right now looking up at his mom and he's six saying, "Hey, I want to play." Yeah, I'm not even trying to do a Scottish accent, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna play Scottish bagpipes. Yeah. In the band. ain't no there's one no, thinking they're gonna get famous and. There's, there's no roadmap to success. Yeah. That they 
for them. Um, I got a couple questions for you guys. Oh shit! Now, have you not before? Well, here's here's some more questions. I used oh. to, I used to call this rapid fire questions. All right, and then oh. the running joke of gun control, dude. We've been drinking. The ru- right. the the joke of the show was that it was never rapid ever. So I would go okay. like I'd ask a question and then we'd elaborate on it for ten minutes. So All I right. need to change the name, and I haven't okay. quite got there yet. So for now, we'll call more neat questions. How about that? More okay, like, neat, uh, more neato questions with James and Convey. Cool, I like that. Um, and this first few can go to who? It, actually, no, we'll we'll do Luke first. Oh shit! Let me. Uh, Wait, are we doing this like quick? Like, do I have a time limit on no, this? No, Is there not quick? Room? Not quick uh, at all. All right, cool. A- Anti quick. Okay. So this is like not rapid fire. This is like musket pistols at dawn kind of shit. Exactly. Elaborate. Ask me a question. I'll walk 10 paces, look back and answer. Yes. Take your time segment questions. Love it. When did you know you wanted to be a musician? Um, like, were you a little kid? It was just something I always did. You know, my, my parents in middle school told me like, you know, pick an after school sport or Pick a hobby that's not psychogenesis. So, like, what age would you? F- I was probably say. eighth grade. Okay. Yeah. I got into high school and. Uh, Did you play guitar first? Yeah, guitar was my first. Um, yeah. Um, Are you a bass player by necessity, kind of thing? Like that's what. Originally, yeah, and then uh, I mean, I, I, so I went to Berkeley College of Music for a couple of years for my freshman and sophomore year, and. Uh, you know, doing jazz guitar and film scoring and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then just sick of it there. So I switched to schools and went to Lewis and Clark in Portland and I got there and I was like, oh, Hey, nice. I play guitar. And you know, everyone, every musician around was like, ah, man, we already got a couple guitar players. It's a shame you don't play bass. We could really use one of those. Mm. It's like, fuck, four less string and two less strings. Yeah, I can make that. this work. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, got a bass out there and uh, I got, plenty more playing opportunities and the more i was studying and getting into it it was like it just kind of fit my personality i never like playing solos or yeah uh, you know it, uh bass allowed me to work in a lot more musical genres and i have a right. I, I have a wide musical diet in terms of what i listen to on any given day so being able yeah. to move through so many different styles of music on one instrument um in a relatively fluid uh manner was much more rewarding and sustaining and what then, kind of bass do you play? Uh, what kind? Uh, Spectre. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it yeah. kind of tells you a lot, like what kind of bass a bass player plays. If you're a P yeah. bass guy, you're like, oh, so you're just meat and potatoes guy. Okay, I got it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I lost my P bass to some asshole car thief, and it's uh, the best ever made. I mean, if, yeah, yeah, it's, it's perfect. It's but, the default. Yeah, it's all good right. For recording. It's, it's good for touring. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. smack but, the shit out of it. Yeah, no, it's, I've been playing Spectres for. Yeah, a little over five years now, and let's try to get a sponsorship sponsorship over there, guys. Yeah, you have management, more. right? You're we do, we do. Yeah, yeah. And who's representing you right now? Uh, Eric Castellazzo and Ryan Del Vecchio from Bridge and Castle. That's Fucking right. Bridge awesome. and Castle. Okay, I'm looking at them right now. So Their last names mean Bridge and Castle. They, yeah. Called. Oh, Dave. how adorable! Yeah. That's what that is. Yeah. Very they've, clever. They've believed in us for the longest of times before I was even brought on, I think. And very cool. Two very cool, upstanding dudes. Now, how about you, Ben? When did you start 
realizing that this was something you wanted to do and that you enjoyed doing? Um, I've enjoyed doing it since I was like, as long as I can remember. I mean, I've been plunking around at my like family piano for as long as I can remember. But I think in terms of a career, it was probably not until high school. Um, I thought I wanted to be like a, a writer for a little bit. Like I've always wanted to do something creative. I thought I want to be a screenwriter. I love movies. Yeah, me too. I, want, I still kind of do. Yeah, right. And it's, it sounds like a great thing. I have um, a script that two people have read, but it's, it's like cool. all the way written. Yeah. You are you are way ahead of most people who want to be a screenwriter. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, I wanted to do a bunch of different things. I, I, I wanted to be an actor for a very small period of time in middle school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, in high school, I started to be in bands, um, started like arranging for acapella groups, started just to really get into all the nerdy aspects of music and just kind of fell in love and uh, applied for Berkeley College of Music before I applied to anywhere else, got in and then didn't apply anywhere else. And I was like, right. guess I'm doing this. Awesome. So, um, do, so you play an instrument as well, though? Yeah, I'm a I'm a piano and keyboard player, and I do a lot of like production arranging and stuff like that. Is there a reason I can only see half your face right now? Oh, are you hiding from me? Oh, there you are. Yeah. Concept of you're, you're getting all nine inch nails on me. I know, right? Super creepy. Um, but yeah, it was probably wasn't until high school or so that I that I got that. Um, I like when I was my mom tells me that when I was in like the infant room, I'd be playing like all the instruments like before all the other kids would and everyone was like huh. um but the then i think it's such a good instrument to know right it was great i was super like, lucky that my mom had a like a steinway piano just as a like a family hand-me-down that i just got to learn on. i tried to take piano lessons for a little bit and hated it and just if you ever- can play piano you can i mean i'm not it's not like you can play any instrument but it's such a good root you know basis for everything yeah, and a lot of people say guitar is, but I kind of disagree. I mean, if you can play guitar, you can play bass, obviously. And if you can play guitar, you can learn how to drum at some point because you have rhythm, or whatever. But piano is just so like this is music. These are the it's, scales. This, you know, you can really like a, yeah, it gives you like a visual representation for yeah, sure of like an entire orchestra. Yeah, I mean, it gives exactly. you. You see, you can you get a really good visual representation of an arrangement in a way that the, the guitar doesn't give you, but about the guitar is that it takes a lot longer to sound halfway decent at um and right. you know you can start to plunk out some chords really really early on so i think it's more of a litmus test to how dedicated you are if you're actually really good at guitar um compared to piano i know a lot of people who can just kind of like plunk their way through a few chords um which is pretty easy to teach somebody yeah but it, it but it, but in true like in terms of being like well-rounded and understanding theory and shit like that it's definitely right on Good. Radio. Um, number two. We'll go back to Luke here. What is your favorite Christmas song? And before you answer, if you're a goddamn hipster, cynical bastard, and you hate Christmas, that's fine. But you're still going to have to answer the question. Okay. Okay. How's that for assuming? Favorite Christmas. Song. Favorite I just Christmas. get a vibe from you that you don't like Christmas. <laughs> I get a vibe that you're you've read too many novels and. Okay. Well, Am I uh, wrong in that? Or, or, I, uh, I fucking hate Christmas music. Uh, you hate Christmas music? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, so I was right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not, okay. I'm not an uh, asshole here. I fear for the fact that, like, I, Halloween's one of my favorite holidays, but the worst Fuck part yeah. about it is that as soon as it's over, you're just waiting for the Christmas music to start. <laughs> and I'm such, that you I'm get like, uh, Thanksgiving. I get both. I get both. I love Halloween. I'm a horror movie nerd. Uh, <laughs> 
but I am also such a softy. I'm an old fashioned guy. I'm, I'm a baseball fan, and I love Christmas. Fuck, I had a pretty good Christmas. Love it. But yeah, so like, th- there are there are some good ones out there. Uh, let me give you a couple mental cues. Okay. About, I mean, uh, I can. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rob yeah. Halford has a great Christmas record. <laughs> really? Yeah, is it's it called really? Song. Nah, it's not. I mean, it's not. It's it's more uh, Christmas. More to the fact that it's actually a Christmas record. Rob with Halford other, compared to other Christmas. Um, yeah, I mean his other solo records are way better, but he made one. Um, LCD Sound System had a Christmas single a couple years ago. That was pretty Did good. They really? Yeah, that was before the American Dream came out. Um, I feel like can I can I say in the Hall of the Mountain King? It, it's Greek, but it gets used in a lot of like Christmas trailers. There you go. Yeah, Oh Holy. There you go, Rob Alfred. <laughs> oh my God. Fuck. Right, let's. Yeah. let's for a second. Oh, oh this, by the way, this this uh, commercial we're seeing for the new Grinch movie. Um, is there a sponsor? What's that? Is the Grinch movie a sponsor of the podcast? Oh, I wish so. No, uh-huh. uh, Tyler, the creator, redid the... Yeah, redid. Yeah, yeah, it's actually kind of good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I dig that. Oh, holy night, the stars <laughs> are What about the Dropkick Christmas song? I love this song. Uh, oh, that's a good one. Good call. It wasn't even on like a Christmas album. Right. Way better. The season's upon us. It's that time of year. Brandy and eggnog. There's plenty of cheer. There's lights on the trees and there's leaves to be hung. There's mischief and mayhem and songs to be sung. There's bells and there's holly. The kids are gung-ho. True love finds a kiss beneath fresh mistletoe. Some families are messed up while others are It's fun. Yeah. We're just having fun here, guys. It's kind of Irish. Yeah. It's kind of Irishy. Irishish. Irish. Uh, I like Eight Crazy Nights. Eight. Oh, is that uh, Santa? I'm, I'm Jewish. So yeah, I, yeah. Oh, do you celebrate Christmas at Walden? Yes, about One Christmas day. music. That's a movie. Eight Crazy Nights is a, is a song, too. Yeah, I think it's technically a song uh, as well. Right, yeah, maybe. And the yeah, one yeah, day yeah, of pressure, yeah, 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 yeah. we have yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, that's yeah. a good Jimmy voice, <laughs> but you can do it. You know, that song? No idea. You know that song is great. Adam Sandler. Yeah, oh yeah, no, yeah. I know. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I was. was um, yeah, it's fantastic. Goldie Hawn's half Jewish. Whatever. Uh, uh, Goldie Hawn's have to uh, uh, put them together. together. What, what a, a fine-looking fine Jew. Jew. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I'll, uh, Paul Newman's have Paul to Newman's Goldie Hans have to yeah. put them together with a fine what looking, a fine looking yeah, yeah, Sandler has a new special out right now or it's like I, a, it's not a stand-up special. I hear it's just like a one yeah show. it's like a I don't know I don't know I hear fucking, it's kind of mixed reviews about it I don't know he's he's like the comedic equivalent of rice pudding to me I know what happened he was he used to be so funny and now it's just like 
are you only making movie f- movies for eight-year-olds? Like, what's happening? There's no, so bad. He's going on record saying he just like does it for like he he makes movies to travel to places that he can take his family. Yeah, it's so clear yeah. that there's like no inspiration or fire anymore. Yeah, no, he's, he's been off the artistic roll call since for quite well, a while. I don't know. Do we do we want to call Billy Madison being on the artistic roll call? That was the first one. Happy Gilmore. Uh, mm. Yeah, I guess I mean, when you really start thinking about it, just naming movies after the protagonist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I like Adam Sandler. Oh, there's that one movie, uh, Punch Drunk. Punch Drunk Love. That was actually really good. Yeah, the so that one, Don Cheadle. P.T. Anderson. No, that was no. That's a legitimately good movie. That's right. Yeah. It was Paul Dameron. Yeah, no, never mind. Yeah. 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 Yeah, sorry. Uh, he was he was, he was in that Noah Baumbach movie last year that was actually pretty good too. Really? Uh, what was that called? Fuck, you know, traditional Baumbach fucked up family. Okay. It was he was good. Um, moving on here. If so, we'll go back to you, Luke. Okay. If they quote they made a movie about your life, who would you want to play you? Uh, no one wants to watch a movie in my life, first of all. You don't know that. Everyone's fascinating. Everyone is a unique snowflake. Uh, Morgan Freeman. Okay. How about you, Ben? How about you, Ben? Oh, uh, Morgan Freeman. I'll say, uh, yeah, I poached you on that one. <laughs> James Earl Jones. Ooh, both yeah, deep right. voiced black fellas. I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just want to see him stretch. You yeah, know, I know. Do it. Redemption. Yeah, I just yeah. figure if it's going to be a biopic, it's probably going to be some bullshit voiceover. And you, you know, want to see them work. You want to get Morgan Freeman to do your voiceover. Yeah. So. It's yeah, the only, only reason to have a voiceover in any movie. Is I was just going to say, have you ever seen Adaptation? Oh, yeah, of course. It's one Great. of my favorite movies ever. Yeah, it's one of my favorite yeah. anything ever made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, anyway, that reminded me of that. We talks about narration is just the worst thing ever. Yep. yep. Then it's that movie's so good. I could talk about that for two it hours. Brilliant, but yeah. Jesus Christ. How he, they're talking oh, voiceovers. about how yeah. voiceovers are bad in yep. a movie, but it's a movie about <laughs> the, 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 the depth yeah. of that movie is so crazy. It's a movie with a narrator in the movie, but they're talking to a guy criticizing movies with narrators in movies. Yep. It's meta on so many levels. Oh, it's, it's insane. Um, you said who? James Earl Jones, right, Ben? Yeah, that's what I'm going with right now. It's pretty think. good, man. Yeah, you know, maybe underrated maybe Kevin Hart right now, but Kevin Hart's killing it. Kevin Hart's just right now. If I if things go better for us, though, James Earl Jones. He's number one comedian right now. He's he's like selling out arenas and shit. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Um, back to, and this is for both of you guys, so you can answer however you want. What's something that maybe people don't know about being in a band? Oh. And body open, open it up to like you people know, know about the that? average person that's never been in a band the average person um uh, it's a lot of fucking work <laughs> yeah okay uh, so like that there's people always think that it's you get into a band to not have responsibilities but yeah no no no, no. it's it's not drug sex and rock and roll the way it might have been right it's a go. And it even is. then, it was only for the one percent. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not sexy. It's uh, tons of work. Not nearly as druggy as we'd like it to be. Right. And, uh, 
rock and roll happens, but it, it's a lot of work to make it happen. So. Yeah. What about you, Ben? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, for sure. The, the body odor thing is very real. People aren't aware. Yeah, uh, it's real. That's very, not just a joke. That's legit. It's not like, not yes. like we're inherently smelly. It's not like we are smelly. It's just like like there is... You're human you beings. Closed, confined environments. Yeah. And some you are going to experience body odor in like and, a very immersive way. It is not yeah. pleasing to the senses. Yeah. And you, by definition, every night you're going out there and killing it. Like you're you're yeah. getting sweaty and gross trying to leave everything out on stage and then you're expected to go sit in the van with four of your dickhead friends. You don't leave every... It'd be nice if you left the stench on stage. Yeah, that'd be nice. And you also have to, like, like not be a fucking dick. And and maybe you don't realize that you're a dick, but, like, you... If you're you're a dick and you join a band and you don't realize you're a dick, you're going... Yeah, you're going to realize you're a dick eventually. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that's... that's such a huge part of being yeah. successful in a band is being a good hang. Like, yeah. And I want, it doesn't right. matter if you're a good drummer, dude, there's a lot of good drummers out there. Yeah. I mean, I think, that, can I, think, hang I think maybe there was a time and space when bands got big enough where like somebody would, would cling on to, you know, a, you know, a, a single person that was getting a lot of connections that was traveling really quickly. But nowadays things are slow enough that you just really have to be like a decent human being. You know, you really just yeah. have to, um and like that's that's number one i mean like it, it when people are looking for a new band member i think that the first thing people think about are the is musicianship mm-hmm. but that's like third fourth fifth i would agree like you know it, you know it's like one of the first things is personality really and you know you you're just you're going to be around these people all the fucking time so when it comes to being in a band like yeah don't be a fucking dick yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. You, go, you go out on the road you're doing music maybe an hour out of the day if you're lucky. That's yeah. right. The rest of that time, you're sitting in a van. You're trying to just, you're trying to survive. It's you're, the 23 other hours that you have you're to getting get through. To, yeah, you're getting through the other 23 hours and you have to keep each other in good spirits. You got to stay healthy. You got to yeah. stay yeah. in physical shape so you can rock for that one hour. And in the meantime, y'all got to enjoy each other's company. Yeah. And if yeah. you can't do that, it's not going to last. I think it comes down to songwriting too. I mean, like it, it, it depends on the dynamic. There's so many bands with different dynamics, but a lot of times if there's, if you're in a co-writing situation, then that personality is going to come out into your, your songwriting. And that goes back to our Beatles discussion too, I guess. But right. Um, you know, I think that like personality speaks volumes in the music after a while. It's very easy to tell. Okay. Back to you, Ben. Um, Let's see where did I oh what's a guilty pleasure movie for you? Uh high fidelity. Is that a guilty pleasure movie? Because if it is, then I'm guilty, fucked. Man. I love it's that movie. Great. That's a great movie. Um a great movie. what's guilty? But wait, no, no, no. what's guilty about it? Yeah. It's like it's like a like a seventeen year old chick movie. It's like a is it's it? like a chick no, movie. I mean the only it's thing not. I would say that's guilty about it is that it is pretty it's kind of pathetic. It's he's a pathetic male. Yeah, and it's so it's so conventional. Um, all right, all right, I can do this. I, uh, I, I, here's a good one. What? Well, okay, go ahead. What? Uh, all right, I can do this. Uh, the Sixth Sense. I was nominated for an Oscar. What? What was guilty about that? Because M Night so Shyamalan. Your guilty pleasure movies are just good movies. Yeah, you're, you're fucking. You have high yeah, standards, bro. You're picking, some, you're picking from some high hanging fruit. Uh. 
Uh, okay, I, here's here's one from me, Jerry Maguire. That's a great movie. That's again that so, I don't. You know, but look at look at Luke over here. Yeah, I don't think that's a fun yeah, Look at this hipster. Yeah, he's cynical. Oh, you know what? No, so I got he's, one. He's I got going one. I have one. I have one. You got mail. Okay, so that's yeah. super duper guilty. That's pretty guilty. Okay, that's okay. Good. See, I that's, remember that's that. good. Now we're talking. Yeah. And, and try watching that good. now. Try watching like you got mail oh, now. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> totally AOL voice. You just, got just mail. calling out to you. <laughs> you got mail. Yeah, exactly. It's just it, it brings you back to a better time. It's that's just hilarious, it does. man. Yeah. All right. It, yeah, it does. Yeah, that's a that's a really legit guilty pleasure movie. Good job. Thanks, cool. man. Yeah, man. Yeah. You talk about Barnes and Noble a lot, like like Barnes and Noble is a really <laughs> profitable company in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are going to watch "You've Got Mail" trailer together as three grown men. Oh my like, god! In really? 2018. Oh and my god! Nothing the anyone trailer. can The trailer for it. Um, you know, 1998. Oh whoa, no way! Back when we were all drunk. So we have told you that we're like five years younger than we actually are. <laughs> yeah, you should. have. <laughs> So yeah. 98, I was in ninth grade. I was a freshman in high school. I turn on my computer. Oh, my God. I go online. Welcome. And my breath catches in my chest Dude, until even I this movie could not save AOL. Oh, God. This woman is the most adorable creature I've ever been in contact with. Have you had sex? Of course not. I don't even know it. Mm, I mean, cyber sex. No. There's a much better version of where no, they're Don't do it. Other. You know what you do, they lose all respect for you. <laughs> In a city where everyone's looking for someone, that Joe voice. and Kathleen have discovered the best way to meet someone <gasps> is to never meet at all. We just email. Nothing. I don't know his name or what Dude, he does or where he lives exactly. What? Look at the hair. He couldn't possibly be the rooftop killer. What they don't realize. What is that? What are you doing? You're taking all the caviar? That caviar is a garnish. This is the whitest movie had. ever made. Joe Fox. I'm in the book business. I am in the book business. What should I have said to a man who has made my professional life a misery? Tell me something. Really, how do you sleep at night? Fight, fight to the death. In life, they're at odds. She's beautiful, but she's a pill. Online, they're in love. Do you think we should meet? Meet? Oh, my God. I'm going to say hello, I'm going to have a cup of coffee, and then I'm going to split. That's what I'm going to do. Who's the last one you want? doing this. Why uh, did you like, even meet her? Relax. Okay. Just taking it to the next level. Huh. Okay, enough of that. Yep. Enough of that. Okay. That's oh God, we did. It. Okay. We did it. We conquered. Hell is in it though. That's crazy. So I mean, I just want to say, I mean, it's not. Dave you know. Chappelle was in that new A Star Is Born movie. Oddly enough, <laughs> why is he in it? I don't know. I don't know how I haven't seen it yet. Don't bother. I still haven't seen. It. You I saw it? it? I thought you it was great. There's it. no way. Of course, Luke doesn't like it. it. Of course, he doesn't <laughs> like it. Oh no! I can I can whiteboard this shit too and ruin Wait, it for please. you. You remind me so much of the guitar player in the band I played in. <laughs> His name was Nate Abner. Nate, if you're listening, I'm meeting you on online right now. I mean, you are so him to a T. It's so crazy. You're like an He's aficionado of art and novels and writers, and your, your sense of like 
uh, honor and, and culture is so str- I love it, man. It's fucking righteous. There's logic. Righteous. No, it's great. I love it, man. It's, it's fucking pure. You want your art to mean something. I like it. I can respect that. I am, however, a fucking pushover. <laughs> I love, I love that. Movie. Hey, no, you're in the majority. It's the, the star is born is killing us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to hate it. It looked like a cheesy pile of shit. Oh, it was. Yeah. We'll see. There you go. <laughs> We'll have a separate discussion on that if you want. <laughs> and we'll have you back for round two. That wasn't a guilty pleasure. That was just just, nah. just a piece of shit. It was very well made, but it was fundamentally flawed in the story level. It so. was. Copy that. All right, Luke. <laughs> favorite horror movie you've seen recently? Uh, oof, mm. Does Mandy count? I don't. Um, I don't even know if I've seen that. Mandy. Oh, I haven't wait, seen Mandy. Oh, is that the Nicolas Cage one? Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I don't. I, all right, I, that one doesn't really count. That's. I the, hear it's that, just a head fuck in general. Oh, it so clicks on so many levels. It's it's just psychedelic catnip to my soul. And, <laughs> and but you liked it. Nick Cage is my spirit animal. So, it, dude, it was, when Nick Cage is on fire, he's the best. Adaptation, oh, for example. Hey, Mandy. Dude, okay, I can't wait. Did you see um what was it, it was like Mom and Dad or something like that? Oh yeah, I saw that. Wasn't that fun? That was no, fun. That was the hokey pokey scene alone was great. Uh oh, no, favorite movie. Yeah. That's right. Uh favorite movie I've seen recently. It's been a great it's been a really good year for horror and all of a sudden I feel like I'm blanking out. But I, I feel I like I feel like the the genre boundaries for what is horror and what is not is is getting increasingly blurred. And and I was kind of stoked when Trump came to office. Please don't take that out of context. I got you. But but there, the, I I was confident there was going to be a a good glut of quality horror coming down the lane when we saw that. Honestly, Hereditary is probably the best horror movie I've seen this year so far. Okay. Yeah, I would. That's. Yeah, I think I agree. For sheer horror, yeah, yeah. For, in, a, in a conventional mind fuck way, yeah, that was, that was pretty good. Pretty outrageous. Yeah, and the whole occult thing. It reminded me a lot of like Kill List, the Ben Wheatley movie. If you ever seen that, um, have you seen so, It Follows? That it was like, Follows oh, is great. That was yeah, such yeah, a yeah. great fucking movie. It was really yeah, fun. Was, the new movie keeps getting pushed. I just saw today A twenty four is pushing fucking his new movie back again, which I don't know. It's too bad. Yeah, mm. It Follows is great. Yeah, that was the the efficiency in that movie alone. It's like, yeah, we don't even need a monster. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love the conceit like that pitch that elevator pitch must have been great the guy was like oh no makeup no fucking CGI just yeah, yeah they're just running away yeah great love it love it no. <laughs> no, I mean if someone were telling me like okay I got a movie for you it's just super slow and this per- this entity just slowly follows you and you're like uh, you never see it that yeah. sounds terrible but it was, it was done really well you see the new Halloween yeah I liked it no yeah I liked it I mean in it did what it had to do. Yeah. yeah, it did. It did its job. There was no reason for the the granddaughter to be her whole the the, the whole teenage shoehorned yeah. baby. It just felt like it's like okay, this is a remake. Yeah, and they, I felt like they could have just bit into the you know latent forty year trauma that had been building and really gone. Up. Jamie Lee Curtis fucking crushed it in that movie. Um, yeah, she was great. They just pushed her off to the side in ways that they didn't really need to. But yeah, it was it was. It served a 
scratch an itch that's always there for me. So. And obviously the soundtrack was soundtrack was great. Was. I assume you heard the Trent Reznor Atticus Ross version of that song from last year. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was last year. Yeah, that was great. Uh, the, the, yeah, the new John. I mean, the score was the best part about the new Halloween movie. But. What a badass, by the way. This old dude still just killing it, man. He's just yeah. like. Not only is he like one of my favorite horror movie guys, but he's also a really good musician and, and composer. Yeah, I mean, it's he's he gave an interview so cool. to Shutter recently and said like, "Yeah, I just want to play video games and play music and probably not do any movie." Like you're right. Oh, speaking of video games, here's a good current event, kind of, sort of. Red Dead Redemption. Uh, yeah. 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 I just got it yesterday, so I'm barely in it, and I have two jobs, and you know, I run a company, so I don't have a lot of time, but. I did dabble into it, and I got out of the snowy area finally. Okay, yeah, so, so now you're into the camp. Yep. Yep. All right. Yeah. yeah. I'm it's, really liking it, man. Love it, man. I'm not a I'm not a huge gamer. Uh, I play like one a year. Two. A yeah, year, that's about know. all my 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 disposable time can afford. Um, yeah, but I but I want them good, man. But that that is some a game shit. I mean, it looks like a movie. I know. Feels like a movie, but it's still it's not like one of those weird like what was that? They've tried to do this kind of model of like an immersive world mm-hmm. book cinematic, and it's the first time like the pacing of it is great. Like it's not a quick run and gun kind of shooter yeah. stuff. I know, and I like the pacing. It's like a seventies movie. Like they forced yeah, it to yeah. just and it's like they they got relax. the city western pacing down where it's like yeah you're gonna have to ride a horse for five minutes, but. A cinematic to. camera that you can cut between so it's like i'm just playing dp with a right thumbstick like yeah i know <laughs> cinematic cinematic camera mode. yeah me too i'm always like angling it's i'm so like yeah no this, it needs to change here okay yeah. no that's yeah. reason the way okay give me some yeah okay cool right. <laughs> exactly you're making your own goddamn movie yeah that's anyway that's that's a good it's one pretty cool um ben what who are some of your favorite singers Oh, um, like in rock or sure. just like yeah, we'll start with rock for the most of the uh, listeners of the show. Rock. Um, well, I mean, in terms of like male singers, um, Freddie Mercury, Jeff Buckley, Absolutely. Robert Plant. Yes. Uh, just kind of the classics. Um, in terms of newer people, uh, uh, Maynard, just always, you know, for anything, any sure. kind of modern rock. Uh, and we, we listened to a bunch of sort of the post emo thing. So Anthony green was, yeah. you know, a big person for us and, uh, Cedric from the Mars Volta, um, of all course. those kind of big anthemic type people. Oh, speaking of, uh, not to interrupt you, but the Mars Volta and at the drive-in. So the local label in town rise, rise records signed at the drive at the drive-in yeah. recently, or not like a year ago, whatever now at this point, but, um, one of the guys, he's like the head art director at Rise. He does all the layout and all the graphic design. He's been on the show a couple times. His name is Alan Ashcraft. Alan is going to be like the co-host guy of the podcast moving, like starting next week. Oh, cool. So I just wanted to yeah, announce that to everybody that he's going to come hang out with me and support the show. And Very cool. He's got a lot of good buddies and hopefully we can get some cool bands on the show. And yeah, so. Yeah, that's that, awesome. That just reminded me of that, but yeah. Awesome. John Theodore, drummer on the Fuck yeah. record, did Fuck. a lot of the Red Dead Redemption. So there you go. Wait, he did what on Red Dead? He did a lot. Uh, John Theodore did a lot of the music. No way. Uh, for the new one? For No, for Red Dead Redemption 2, the new game. Wow. 
Yeah, John Theater worked on a lot of the music. So, in what capacity? Like as a composer? Guy? There's a shit ton of music in it. So, yeah, uh, I obviously haven't seen the credits. Because I know the first one had like uh, Jose Gonzalez and you know a lot of pretty cool shit on there. Awesome. Well, that's, that's a good little tidbit. Um, you said Jeff Buckley. So, do you? How do you feel about the singer of Muse? Do you think he's because he kind of reminds I, I'm a, I'm a Muse fan in terms of like their first few albums. Me too. I'm a fan of like Showbiz, uh, Origin of Symmetry, Absolution. Yes, Those are like my trifecta sure. of like good albums. They're um, good. I, yeah, I can definitely see the Jeff Buckley influence in Matt Bellamy. Like, I, I think that he's. I can hear his vocal influence for sure in him. I don't, I think that Matt Bellamy is definitely much more of like a songwriter, arranger, like multi instrumentalist mm-hmm. than, than like Jeff Buckley, who's like a singer, songwriter, guitarist. Yeah. Like he's, you know, Jeff Buckley was so much of a singer. I don't think that Matt Bellamy would consider himself that, that level of a singer. I hope I'm yeah. not fucking up, but like, you no, know, I agree with you. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. so like I, you know, I, I think that he, but, um, I, I'm a Muse fan in the first three records. I think they kind of became a little, I don't know. They're just too rich now. I mean, there's no like too, real inspiration. Yeah, I, just, I feel like it's just really watered down and like just really trying too hard. I, I just feel like they're, it's not, it's, it's not so much that I feel like they're pandering or they sold out. I just don't feel like they have anything to say in the same way that they did. Agreed. Uh, Absolutely. They were such so. a raw original band. I mean, you know, the, I, I thought it was really unfair that they got compared to Radiohead a lot. I mean, there's definitely That's some totally radio unfair. High, but a very totally unfair. Unfair. they were a hard yeah, rock band. Another British band, <laughs> like that was around the same time. So it was unfair. in it was it sounded completely different. Yeah, they were never. They never. They were a three piece. They were always way more like melodramatic than Radiohead. Radiohead yeah. was always way way artsier. Mm-hmm. I get like Radiohead was compared to Coldplay too a lot, and like Oasis. In, which is hilarious. Coldplay was compared to Radiohead. Oh, sorry, yeah, you're right. That's very true. That's very true. Whoa, pump the bricks, there, buddy. Oh, yeah, and that was that was like also <laughs> like Russia blood to the head, like, uh, like early things. But yeah. oh, that's good. All righty, all righty. Okay, Luke, back to you. So same question, but with bass players. Who are some of your favorite bass players? People. That- uh, Mm, okay. Uh, the easy one is James Jamerson, um, Motown dude. Oh, he's like studio dude. Just yeah, yeah, studio. Everything. yeah, yeah, yeah. Killer. Absolute Deep, beast. Deepness of the groove and the melodic shit he was able to get away with at a low end level for pop tunes. Is what's Luke? What's that documentary about Motown? Standing in the Shadows of Motown. So that's the one. He's in that a lot. Well, he he's dead. He's not in it. They they the really kind of framed it around him. I don't know if they've made a full documentary. It's mm-hmm. it's purportedly about him, but they kind of use it as a story to okay. talk about. Gotcha. They, even all the live, the one with all the live footage. I know. Yeah, I don't remember which one I saw. I remember thinking it was fucking rad, though. Let's go back yeah. and check it out. Yeah, it's a great great flick. Um, uh, I mean, he's just you know, if you're gonna study bass, he's the guy to go to. Um, yeah. Personally, um, John Paul Jones. Yes. Um, of course. Average. Were you a them Crooked Vultures fan? Loved them. I yeah, kind of breaks like? my heart that the Foo Fighters is still a thing, but we can't get another them Crooked Vultures record. That would be nice. I think uh, everyone would prefer that at this point. Yeah, I I love Dave Grohl as a drummer. I just the Foo Fighters never do it for me. I mean, I, I mean, was like Foo Fighters was a huge band for me growing up. Like the first record. 
yeah, yeah. color and shape. I think all of us like that. I mean, who, who doesn't like that? But past that, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's the same thing with Muse. They just, it's too safe, too vanilla. It's, it's soccer mom rock. It really yeah. is now, man. Yeah. But, I mean, they are like one of the last, like, they're arena yeah. rock bands of our time. I don't know. They're keeping the flame, so I can't, can't slink. And apparently they're like the nicest dudes ever. One of the guys I represent, his name's Adam Pike. And Adam, mm-hmm. when he's not home producing and mixing bands, he's on the road with a band called Red Fang. Oh, yeah, I love them. Yeah, Red yeah. Fang's fucking yeah. dope. Yeah, Red Fang's dope. They're, they're playing out in Joshua Tree in a couple weeks. I might have to go. I'm trying to get them on the show whenever they're in town. But um, anyway, hey, they, so he does front of house with them on tour. Cool. And so nice, they nice. did a run with Foo Fighters in Europe, like, last summer, I want to say. And uh-huh. Adam was just saying how, like, everyone on the crew, including the band, they're the utmost professional, like, Again, like we were talking about earlier, the the survivor veteran vibe. That, right, right. I mean, imagine meeting Dave Grohl and those guys. Of like, course, they've been doing this shit forever. All right. They just they're just dialed in, and there's no fuckery at that at that stage. Yeah, yeah. He just said it was super refreshing. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. Uh, what were we talking about? Bass oh, bass. Um, Tina Weymouth from the Talking Heads. Oh, dude, God, we are best friends. <laughs> Stop making sense is one of the best. There you go. Thing. I mean, she's the so awesome. The, the yeah, jumpsuit and the fucking, she's awesome. And she plays super high and weird and goofy in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Feathered hair. Yeah. It's so good. Fucking stunningly awesome grooves. Stunningly, way underrated. Yeah, yeah. Super. Now, how do people not bring her up more in this discussion? Right? She is so yeah, yeah. crazy good. So underrated. So creative uh, and oh man, like the way that she plays has a sense of humor to it too. Like, yep, yep. there's oh a quirky man. cartoon element yeah, to yeah, her. Yeah, like the lines are perfect. God, that's uh, that's a fucking good. One. I've never heard anyone reference her. That's fucking right. good. I'm gonna throw one more. Uh, oh, Mark Sandman. I don't know who that is. Uh, from Morphine. I you know I never really heard. They're, they're a Boston band, '90s. Yeah. Super original, kind of idiosyncratic. Okay. Um, it's, it's a trio. Um, drums, bass. Bass also sings. Great songwriter. And then a uh, baritone sax player. What did... God, what does that sound like? Because I, I thought they were more like pixies. Oh, fucking them look them up. Yeah, yeah. no, they're, they're great. So it's them and... Cool. Oh, I'll throw one more in just for Boston Love. Uh, Mike Rivard from Club Delph. Okay, cool. That's a no. deep fucking... Yeah, well, it breaks, breaks my heart. Those guys are bigger. So shout out to Micro. Are you, um, there's been a couple tool references tonight. Are you a Justin Chancellor fan? I love Justin Chancellor. That's an obvious one for me. So, okay. Was, yeah, he's super but, good. Yeah, no, he's just, just he's solid pro. And, you know, there's, there's an element to, I, to go back to why I switched over to bass and why I've stuck with it is there's an element, uh, of production with bass playing about just kind of nailing the, sound of, right yeah you know, like there's a lot of producer mindset that goes into playing bass you have a terms. job to do this is your right. only job do it right. well make it sound incredible that's well, justin chancellor to a t every note you play sound because you don't really get the luxury of chords so it's like no. every note perfect and has you really to... are like the answer to a drummer i mean both drummers and bass players have to play with conviction and I mean, especially drummers like yeah. you can't fuck around right. everyone's going to hear everything you do yep. like there's no gray area in drumming and bass playing they're, they're, they don't necessarily know that they heard it but they, they feel it more yes. than yes absolutely you know, they heard it. so yeah justin chance was an obvious guy okay this question is for both of you guys 
Um, what is a good memorable live show? Not for your band, but something you've seen. Hmm. Uh, I guess see Radiohead front row center. Nice. That's what era would that have been? Like, that was the that was before they released in Rainbows when they were just Ooh. starting on the in Rainbows. Ooh, like, that's a good time for them. It was, it was, was really that, nice. Was that the Pavilion? That was or Bank was, of America Pavilion. I was there. I was at that show. Were you there? Yeah, no yeah, worries. The, yeah. no is this Dude, Boston yeah. then? Yeah, it was Boston. Boston. That, was, that was Boston. Yeah, it was we the yeah they Ticket were demoing Master, that shit live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ticketmaster screwed up our tickets like three times in a row, so they just gave us three like front row center. So like, what was the set like then? It had to have been a lot of like Kid A stuff then, right? It was still technically the Hail to the Thief. Or oh, yeah, music. yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was a yeah. good mix though. They did all the stuff yeah, that Hell I wanted Thief. them to do. Yeah, they yeah. did like, I mean, they, they just they played all the songs I wanted them to play, pretty much. Plus a bunch of in rainbows that we had. A lot of in rainbows, yeah. So the reason I ask these questions is because you guys are in bands and I want people to think of why they like that show so much. Like what about that show made you reference this years ago? Like what about it hit you? Um, for me, I mean, you know, to, to be real for me, like, I, like Radiohead were my heroes by the time I saw that show. So like when I, when I, like I saw Tom York come out, it was just like, you know, I like I felt kind of like it was. It was just one of those things where it's like you you'd already respected the fuck out of this band and just known all of their records from start to finish. Um, so for me, it was like it was the fact that they were so true to their songs. Um, they just put absolutely everything into it. You know, yeah. um, and I also love the fact that there there weren't really any gimmicks to their stage show. It was just them playing the fuck out of their songs. Right. Um, and that, you know, that just, to me, sort of solidified the fact that I wanted to be in that type of a band where it wasn't right. about gimmicks. It wasn't about extra things. It was about, you know, delivering the songs in the best possible way, about, you know, delivering the songs first and then thinking of everything else second. Um, so, and, and yeah, they just, they're just fucking phenomenal players and it sounds better than the record when they play live. Yeah, Radiohead is back to what we were saying earlier in the show. They're they're also a good example of a band being good at being a band. Yeah, uh, all five of them I think are all the original members, I believe. Yeah, and um, there's there. It seems like there is a good freedom for everyone to express who they are, musically and creatively. Obviously, Tom York's the guy, but it's very clear that everyone has such a a, a contributing part of the band. That drummer is so underrated; it's not even funny. That guy is so incredible. I mean, Johnny Greenwood is a maniac. Like, every one of them contributes. That's a good bass player, too, by the way, Luke. Yep. yep. Super good. Colin Colin Greenwood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Super underrated. Yep. That's awesome. Okay, that's a good live show. How about you, Luke? Uh, Okay, I need to clarify the question. Like, best show production-wise or, like, Uh, just just something that, like, stood out? killed it let's do both like something a band that just killed it and then we'll also do like just something that stood out you know a memorable show okay memorable well you know i was at the i was a tender age in high school and i saw i got to see rage against the machines last tour you motherfucker i never got to see rage holy fuck yeah i never got to see him it's kind of boring huh it is everything that you (laughs) uh yeah so much love to my dad who took me when I was a fragile freshman in high school. Good for him. That's they're uh, such an incredible band. What a, what an impactful fucking band. 
Yep, yep. And you know, I've I've seen Audio Slave, and I saw Prophets of Rage when they did their inauguration show here, and it's it, you know, it's a fucking slamming rhythm section. But those four guys, when Zach too, it was just fucking actual magic, magic tonic. Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of production, because I actually do work in a lot of live production myself, so the nerd in me is always looking at lights and video sync and just how seamless. Yeah. the tech can go for a show. Um, man, I saw I saw Roger Waters actually twice in the last couple of years. Um, I saw the last tour he did. And then before that, he did, uh, the, there was a, they call it Old Cello. They got like a bunch of old over-the-hill rock bands. to. Old, play that's right. Yeah, yeah. In Indio. And Roger Waters closed out the whole thing. And I just bought one ticket just for that one night. And so the Who fucking opened for Roger Waters, go figure. But <laughs> holy fuck, Jesus it was... Christ three straight hours of unmitigated Pink Floyd revival shit and holy shit, the production, you know, giant fucking field. They had quadraphonic control over all these, you know, monitor towers. So they're running synths to the crowd for like spatialization sense. Uh, and the videos were amazing. And yeah, it was, where it, did it was you some... see them? where did you see him? It was that in LA. That was out in Indio, out with the same actually grounds they do Coachella. Oh, I th- okay, gotcha. I thought it was um, and then they he ended up going nationally around. And I saw him again at the Staples Center here in LA. Nice, it was a bit of a shorter show, but uh, no less amazing. That's so, awesome. That's yeah. that's rad. Yeah, that 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 was just like apex production of alignment of video and music and history. And so, Rage is like the yeah. the live hard hitting. Just yeah, just if, you, if you want to talk just like the right band hitting you at the right moment in your life and just seeing what a live show could be just from a, you know, no gimmicks, just a four guys thrashing on stage, like, holy fuck. That was unstoppable. That's awesome. Yeah. I think the best production-wise show I ever saw would uh, tied for Nine Inch Nails or Tool. Yep. I mean, production-wise, just Jesus, God almighty. I saw Tool last fall, about a year ago, uh, out in San Bernardino, and that—I mean, I've probably seen them ten times now, and yeah. it was like, so it just keeps getting better. Good, that's good to hear because I haven't seen them in a long time. It's long only been—it's only getting better. That's good yeah. to hear. I can't wait for that new album. Whatever the fuck that happens. That's yeah. I'm thought about calling our record Tool's next album. I thought, <laughs> that was, I was, that was seriously idea. gunning. Like, let's just call it Tool's next record. Like, we're oh. playing that. Video game. That Everyone, would we? I don't I think don't, we. I would. mean, I don't know. They're like major would... label monster band. They have more power than you think. Yeah, but they're not even on streaming platforms. So <laughs> that's by choice, though. They already have. They're already in the middle of a lawsuit. They don't want to be another one. Now, are you a fan of everything Maynard does? Like, do you like Pussifer? Um, I I like. I, I like the first couple Pussifer records, and I like their EP. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I mean I'm 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 a bigger fan of Tool than a Perfect Circle or Pussifer. Um, Me too. I like um, I I really like the first couple again, like the first couple of Perfect Circle records. Um, and I think that what the, what he does with Pussifer is really interesting because I think there isn't anything like it, and I sort of appreciate it. I've I've come to appreciate it in and of itself. Cool. Um, and there are certain Pussifer like songs that I think are really cool, but I, I don't, I don't follow Maynard for everything that he does because he's Maynard. Right. I just love Maynard as the lead singer of 
tool. You know, as the new A Perfect Circle record. Do you like that? No, I'm not a fan. To be be honest, I'm not not a fan. Um, But it's you know it's like I yeah I think that like the the musicianship is great. I just think that like the songwriting has kind of gotten a little bit a little bit lazy personally. Yeah. Do you think you guys would have liked that record more if it wasn't from A Perfect Circle? Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, I mean. I, to, to me, it's like that record. Like I fucking hated it when I when it first came out. Uh, but I've gone back and listened to it a couple times when I'm just bored on a plane, and uh, it's yeah. like, oh, this was like a new Cure record, right? This would be awesome. Yeah. But it's just or depressing. just some new band that just came out. Yeah, even. like oh, this is actually a pretty it's, cool band. It's, there's some great moments in it, but it's none of those moments are I would qualify as something that I listen to Perfect Circle for. Yeah, I mean, the, like the yeah. the old records that I really loved so much of it was about there were the drums. Only two. Yeah, exactly. Like there <laughs> were two. Like there were, you know, we're not counting a motive. Sorry, guys. No, Merit and Oms and uh, Thirteen Step were really, really great. And I think a big part of that was Josh Freeze. To be real, mm-hmm. um, Josh oh, Freeze, yeah. one of the best drummers ever. Top five. For um, me. And for the and for Merit and Oms, pause. Honestly, like pause is just she's badass, like, man. She's badass. Um, Whatever happened to her? What, what's she up to now? What is she doing again? I just she's playing. She's still doing something. She, she something was in. She did, she? I feel like she went to Pixies and she got oh, past. Yeah, Pixies that's right. And Pumpkins. I feel. Yeah, like. she's playing for. I think she's touring with the Smashing Pumpkins. Oh shit! Much. Yeah, because she's with some major she's band. The only non-original member, right? Of of Pumpkins right now. Because yeah. Dars, they they got Darcy out of it for that. I don't know. If, I don't know. Yeah, I lo- love Smashing Pumpkins. I mean, not everything they did, but the the era that we grew up in. I mean, who doesn't right. like that? Um, here's a very important question for you guys, and you need to answer it correctly. Okay, I'm just putting that All out right. there. Yeah. There's only one right answer. There's a right answer. Okay. There is a clearly a right answer. Right, right. Frank and Mary. <laughs> Coca-Cola or Pepsi. Mm-hmm. Is that the question? That's the question. That's it. Really? That's the. I don't really drink soda. I don't drink soda anymore either. But there is only one right answer. Pepsi's better. Get the. No Coke. Uh, Definitely Coke. Clearly Coke. What are you a communist? Okay, yeah. Because what? When do you ever go into a bar and order a whiskey Pepsi? Yeah, Pepsi. I'm not talking about with with alcohol. It's completely different. If you're going to drink one of them by themselves, they're both shit by themselves. But like, if you're going to drink one of them by themselves, Pepsi. Wow. If you're gonna mix them, yeah, Jeez, probably geez. Coke. You'll have like, but um, Fair you know, enough, man. It's a free Coke and Jameson, like it's whatever. Weird. All right, guys. Dimebag Dime did not drink Pepsi and whiskey. Just saying. I'm not. I'm saying That's when you're right, mi- mixing Coke, a black tooth grin is specifically when you're mixing alcohol. Mix oh, hold on, boy. Splash of Coke. <laughs> We're just totally also, berating him for his. I also answer. You I started this, this is going to come up at some point. I, hey, it's just going to. This just broke up the band. He didn't. You don't know it. Yeah, he did warn us. He was like, "I have a very serious question." Very serious question. I mean, I did warn you. This is true. Um, we have been going for a while now, longer than we usually go. So let's okay. start wrapping this thing down nice and easy. We will okay. line the land the plane with as little turbulence as possible. Now, where can fee- people find you? For one, where where do you want them to go find you? 
Spotify for sure. Spotify, YouTube, Instagram. What is your uh, Instagram handle? Our Instagram is convey the band. At convey the band. At convey the band. And for you um, audio nerds, I hope we're coming to title soon. Yeah. Um, we're on Apple Music and Spotify and all that stuff. And if you guys are really like actual Convey fans and decide that you guys actually really like our music, the thing to do is to vote for us on K-Rock to keep us on the radio. Because so far we've been on there twice. And it would be awesome to keep being on there. So that it's is... That K-Rock is, Locals only. K-Rock Locals only. If you literally search on Google K-Rock Locals only... You'll see a little heading. And uh, come see us. We're going out for a few days um, in November. Uh, we're going to be venturing up to the Bay in Sacramento. Um, so, yes, read, read and, those uh, dates. Right. Oh, thank you. Thank oh, you for putting right, that right there. there. It's like a teleprompter. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, November 15th, we are opening for the Parlor Mob here. Badass band. Yeah, badass band. I, I'm awesome. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. They're back. Um, yeah, their new sound is, is pretty cool, actually. It's yeah. different. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, we're opening for them at the Bootleg Theater on the 15th of November here in L.A. Then we're up to uh, San Jose. We're playing at O'Malley's. Uh, Modesto, we're coming for you on the 17th. I'm not sure where we're going to be. TBA. And then Sacramento, we are at the Boardwalk. So. Delicious. And more to come. We have a new single that's going to be coming out in a couple of weeks, so keep your ears out for that. Uh, What's the name of that song, if you care to say? The new single? I don't think. I don't know if we can say it yet. I don't think I said this because Haley mentioned it from Revival. So. Oh well, I guess but, if Haley mentioned well, if it, Haley mentioned it, we'll just we'll 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 say right now. The it is it is called Inside Out. Okay. And, good. Because I think that's part of why she wanted you on, to be honest. We are, <laughs> oh, okay. we are very excited about yeah. that. Well, Haley added us, so yeah. I, I don't want to get in trouble with Haley. Who's single? And the current single that's out now is? Terror. That is the one that you can find. And there we have a music video out on that baby as well. We're pretty stoked about Now, I usually play a song at the end of the show. And then I also do it like a little bit in the pee break segment. Uh, what song would you prefer I play? Uh, One like a, any song? Yeah, Probably, from you guys. With terror. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, new single's not out yet. So. Is there a clip? I want to do one clip. Can I play this clip right here, guys? Yeah, yeah. go for it. Okay. Guitar player is rad. He's pretty sick. Oh, uh, we'll get him on next time. Yeah, he's yes. a much better conversationalist than us. 
Oh, I thought you guys were just fantastic. Oh, and if he's having his avocado toast or not. Oh, I yeah, love to meet some avocado. But you guys are in the town of avocado toast. We are. Yeah. We are. You guys are snobs about it there. We live in abundance. Yes. It's the best thing. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for being on the show, guys. We do appreciate yes, thank it. Thank you. Thanks, James. Fun uh, talking to you. Yes, yeah. absolutely. You, you as make well. a new friend. Yes. And, and please let us know how we can help. If um, the new single come not if, when the new single comes out, let me know how we can talk about it i'll mention again on the show we can share it on the instagram account let For people sure. know yeah please let thanks. us know how we can help yeah, yeah. thanks james well, hopefully we'll be able to make it up to portland in the next tour run in the new year so. yeah for sure oh i'm sure you will yeah hopefully we can, uh, lift a pint in person so. yes absolutely i mean and if you're in town we'll do an actual in-studio podcast too that'd, that'd, be, that'd be more fun yeah, oh, yeah. it's always oh. better to have you actually in the room for sure yeah yeah, yeah. cool yeah. Yeah, thanks again for being on. Um, everyone listening, do me a favor. Go follow at Convey the Band on Instagram. Do it now. Go ahead and stop what you're doing. Go and do it now. It's a worth follow. Um, I, it's actually it's a legitimately good account, too. I mean, there's so much to go sift through. Like, if you want to know who this band is, that's where I would start. Go through there. You can watch their videos, links to everything, links to their Spotify. Um, what You know, I don't get blown away that often anymore. <laughs> especially with new young bands. Um, and I was really blown away. I'm a huge fan of you guys. So I'm kind of a, Thanks a, a, lot, man. a fan kid of what you guys are doing. Thanks so, a lot. Thank you. Yeah. Thank and, you it, so. and these yeah. guys have a buzz too. I mean, you guys have a shitload of followers on Instagram. I mean, there's people are talking about you. I, I'm really excited to see what happens in the next calendar year or so, you know, yeah. especially after well, this new record comes out. Yeah. We're hoping to keep the momentum up. So oh, yeah. stay tuned. Yeah, well, thanks again for being on the show. Um, you guys know what to do. Like and subscribe, download, uh, leave a review for the show. I want to do a quick uh, announcement. Uh, Travis Ball has a new works of Travis Ball mixing on his Spotify. That's one of the guys I represent. So if you want to get a little uh, lowdown on what he's up to and some of the work that he's worked on, he has a playlist on Spotify you can go check out. And he just worked on a new uh, single from Vanka Lowborn. I think you guys might like this band. And the single is called Be Like Me, and Travis just mixed it. It's very delicious. Go check it out. Uh, thanks again to Convey for being on, and we will see you next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jamie. Hey,